This is a, it's time to refresh podcast. Um, I'm introducing it like this because I don't need to take the piss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is episode 73 with DJ Rob Kean. Um Yeah, how are you doing, mate? All right. It's a better, a better introduction, that's bad. Uh, no, it is <laughs> no quality. I just knew straight away as soon as I go... Back once again. Back once again. Back. Yep, that's it. I knew you were going to take the piss, so I thought, fuck it. I'll just uh, I'll spoil it. <laughs> but yeah, um, how are you doing? All right. All right, you know. Okay. Um... I'm not gonna lie to you. I've come down today. I'm, I'm fucking. I'm fasting. I'm. I'm in. Uh, trying to diet and shit like that. Not in a great mood. <laughs> so. So. To be fair, mate, I completely forgot that you were. Um, you were coming down today. Mm. I, 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 my schedule's so busy at the minute. I just organise stuff and say yeah to everyone and I don't write it down and then so I got fucking pissed last night <laughs> so eight pints yeah. <laughs> so you, I sent me a text saying I'll be there in a minute I was, I was still in bed like that look on my phone going because I was gigging until six so I usually Plus. get up about between uh, one and two on a, on a Saturday where so, were you? Uh, I was just local doing me, me residency order the after hours yeah. so I like that start, started at ten finished at six eight yeah. hours long hour shift but it's what we do Class, mate, class. So, as a start, all podcasts, what did you have for tea last night? Uh, I actually went et out just before work last night. I went to, um, there's a, a like a restaurant right opposite uh, Aura called uh, Red Dog Saloon. Have you been to Red Dog Saloon? No. Nope. It's like an American barbecue place, uh, and they do like this beef brisket with this homemade barbecue sauce. It was fucking incredible. I'm not lie, <laughs> I'll tell you man, what, I'm though, fucking... after, after I ate it, I had to go and have a big shit, though, because <laughs> I could feel the meat in my stomach, you oh. know, before, before the eight-hour DJ set. I was like, yeah, I've got to go and unload this. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, one of the highlights of me scrolling through social media now is the conversations you have with your missus. I'm regular as clockwork, clockwork me every every, uh, every Friday night at 10 o'clock before the start, send a little selfie of me sat on the bog. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like... Uh, my belly's proper rumbling like when you were said beef brisket and you're oh, probably <laughs> fantasizing about it uh, I'm, because I'm trying to lose a bit of weight but I'm trying to uh, probably pe- there'll be people who go to the gym will know better than me on here that's probably going to correct me I'm just trying to re- restart my metabolism because I'm not as regular as clockwork yeah. this is a disgusting conversation to be having but fucking did we have a shit conversation last time <laughs> probably yeah <laughs> love it no um, so yeah um well, there's a lot happened since you were last on. We were talking then off pod, and it's uh, Christmas. You were last here, yeah. Um, last on, so uh, a lot happened. You've obviously we were talking about getting Mama's milk off the ground, uh, talking about Reminisce Festival, and lots of different things happening. Uh, noticed you're doing a little bit more in the bounce scene, bits and bobs. Um, a set here and there, and you've done a couple of tunes, and we're going to get right into it. So since you were last on, you were talking about Mama's milk. Uh, you were trying to get it off the ground. Right. Seem to be consistent now. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I mean, I can't, I can't speak for anyone else uh, with record labels, but mm. um, I always knew that when I set up Mama's Milk, the record label, that it was going to be a slow burner. Yeah. Um, I, I, Rome's not built in a day, and I, and I anticipated that it was probably going to take probably twelve months for it to start happening and i and I, the money i put into it i, I thought i'm not going to see a return on this for at least two years yeah so we're getting to the point now where it's um it's starting to generate a revenue yeah not a lot not a lot of revenue anyone who anyone who sets up a record label probably will tell you the same thing that they mm. they have these high expectations of gonna put my first release out it's gonna sell fucking a thousand copies be poor top 10 and all that and it's yeah. just not like that you get a lot of support on your first couple of releases because people want to support 
me as an artist. The new venture, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but then it's, it slowly fizzles out, and then it's really all about social media marketing and um, that the uh, the artists you sign their tracks on, how much they push it and stuff like that, whether, whether it's going to actually generate interest. Um, we just had... I, I actually did a track with Matt Wigman, with Wiggy, mm. and... Um, just starting to get some serious traction on it. One of the lads I use for remixes, a guy called Cooks, and he's from um, from Witness. Yeah, he's done this really chunky house mix of this track. Me and Matt did. Yeah, um, ours was predominantly like a pumping house thing, like 134 BPM pumping house thing. When he's done this like proper groovy drum led thing, it starts to get loads of traction, loads of plays. Um, I think there's a big DJ out there playing it somewhere, but I'm still to find out who it is because it seemed to have like rocketed. Up the um, up the charts, just yeah. out of nowhere. So I can only assume that there's been loads of support. That there's been some support on it somewhere, and people have been shazamming the fucking life out of it. So it, it, this is what happens in this type of thing. It, 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 you just I, my I, my my head was always let's just get as much content out as we possibly can. Yeah. And eventually something's going to gel. Yeah. And then when people go to the label, they've got like this massive back catalogue of stuff to listen to. Yeah. And it's very varied in style, the record label. Like, there's tech house on it, there's disco, there's techno, yeah. uh, tons of pumping house bits, house, um, or just all sorts of groovy numbers and stuff. So if you, it's not just a parochial one, one, uh, one lane uh, label it's 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 it basically when i signed stuff I, the, the thing was would i play this because if mm. i wouldn't play it i won't sign it yeah um so anyway it started to get some traction now we're starting to see some money coming that's good um I, it's not a lot of money anyone i mean you, you know yourself what what sales are like on on yeah on mp3s and the money you make off spotify is like just it's pointless. <laughs> it's absolutely, but you've got to be on there. Yeah. Well, Spotify for me, I think it's the it, it's the biggie. If you can get a little bit of traction on a track on Spotify, you're winning. Because I know it's it's absolute minuscule numbers, but once something like snowballs, it snowballs properly oh, yeah. massively. Yeah. I mean, you've only got to see yeah, um, uh, that uh, bounce projects thing. Mm. I mean, I'm, I, I mean, that was mostly predominantly through SoundCloud. I think his plays initially, but. Uh, I think he's on like fucking ten million plays or something on on. on yeah, for a bounce tune. Uh, it's yeah. just mental. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, like the actual money you make per like from from downloads as well is, I mean, just to to, to clarify this, right? We we go through a, a distribution company, so I would me personally as a label, it would it would be impossible for me to get music on Beatport. I couldn't yeah. just message Beatport and go, "Got a label here." Put it out because yeah. they just they get inundated every day and you just ignore you. So you've got to go through a distribution company. Now, the distribution company have lots of hurdles and and they've got a checklist of stuff that they have to put through before they release your music. So, for instance, my my record label is called Mama's Milk Recordings. Mm. The logo only says Mama's Milk. So my releases were getting knocked back every time because the record label name doesn't correspond with the logo on the artwork. Yeah. So just stupid things like that. So yeah, anyway, you've got to go through this distribution company to get your music out there to all the platforms. They take 50% of your revenue. Yeah. Okay, so let's just say I sell a, 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 we sell an MP3 on Beatport for 99 pence. Ditto distribution, take half. Yeah. Then Beatport 
take the other half of what's left. So I'm left with 25 pence. And if I've signed a record off someone, they get 50% of that. <laughs> so you make tw- you make 12 pence yeah. per download. So, you know, when people get, get to the top of the Beatport charts and they've sold 10,000 units, you know, the money off that is minuscule. Yeah, it's tiny. Minuscule. It's it's like, it's just mental out where you are with it. And like, I mean, I think I, I read, I mean, I'm not sure if this is true. I think it's... Uh, a million streams now on Spotify will get you three grand. A million. Yeah. And, and like, you think, oh, that's quite easy to do because, you know, you get like a million plays sometimes on your, on your SoundCloud stuff or, or over the, your duration. You go, I could, get, I could get that. It's not a fucking easy thing to do. Yeah. Unless you've got the right guerrilla marketing campaign behind you. It's it's hard. And, every, and there's that much... Con- because... Like a studio now, like a bedroom studio. I mean, my setup's fucking shite, but uh, like a bedroom studio won't, won't cost you a thousand quid. You can knock out people. There's people knocking out tunes left, right, and centre, and loads of them are club, club, club ready. Yeah. But they get lost. Your music just gets lost in a sea of stuff, and um, people struggle to find what you're doing or hear it because there's so much other stuff out there. So the whole music industry is completely diluted unless you're like a big label like Defected or Tool Room or something like that, um, or Three Beats. Um, actually getting music out there and getting it to people is just so difficult. And like, unless you can get them big plays off DJs, that, that ultimately that's where where, where uh, traction happens. So you, you, you send it to, you know, say for instance, if I sent a tune to Fisher, I doubt he'd fucking listen to it. But if he did play it, it would be the thousands of people who shazam that tune and his sets, yeah. which would generate the... Uh, and, and, and the and the uh, Instagram plays and reels and all that, all the plays off Instagram and social media, that would be where your traction would, be, would come from. Yeah. The thing I find with it is, it's like... I was reading some facts. It's like seventy thousand tracks added daily to um, Spotify. It's just mental if you think about it. Oversaturation of of, but I think I've had this conversation with a couple of people. When they say, for instance, um, everything's the same now. Um, before you needed obviously a proper studio and that to produce a record or going like with an engineer and, and do it like that. But it's like the movie um, industry. It's like. They just put movies out for the sake of like look at Marvel, it's just for the sake of it. And then they know it's gonna generate money because of what it's associated yeah. with and the pushing of the brand. And it doesn't need to be a great story anymore. It can be just bang average and it can be to say but it's the same with music. You could put out a bang average track, but with the right marketing it can become a, a banger. Yeah. Do you know where I'm coming from? So when you have got these talented people who's who's making absolutely unbelievable music and it's getting club support, that's the best way to get into it. Yeah. And then from there you you can get other avenues i've seen a couple of like smaller labels um let stuff go to to like majors because it's sort of like got a lot of traction the majors have got onto it and been like yeah we want but this. you just license it to the majors mm. so ministry of sound and all will license stuff straight directly off yeah um and same with same with others they'll they'll just they'll just license it off yeah which means you still get a cut as a label mm-hmm. um it's tiny mind but it's time. yeah I mean as I said you know, if you do the maths it's probably less than fucking 10 pence you know well we've licensed stuff to, to like compilation um, stuff uh, like albums on Spotify and through various like different people and when you get like it through and it says how many players it's had it's like oh it's not bad that and then yeah. you look at what you get off it 
and it's it's less. Than yeah, what you get forced to like. Yeah, I mean, I I got me I got me statement. I want me statements from my distribution company the other week, and I was looking at it. I went, "Fucking hell, that's all three hundred and fifty six copies." And I was doing the maths. I was going three hundred fifty six times. So I was like, I was like, "Oh yeah, that made made you know made it under quid." And then I got the got the fucking thing through, and it's like fucking thirty seven pounds. Yeah, How unbelievable. This I mean, the reason I set up the record label in the first place was never to make money. It wasn't about that for me. For me, mm. it was because I needed. I was struggling to get demos heard, and I mean, I've been in the industry for a, for a long fucking time as well. Mm. I know everyone, people, and people know me, um, and I still couldn't get demos heard. And I just needed an outlet to put put music out. Absolutely. And, uh, and in doing that, I thought, well, there's so many lads locally who I know or, or, or past local that. Um, they're in the same boat. They've been making music for a long time. It's great, but no one fucking listens to it. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, if I can just if I can just start putting stuff out, ulti- ultimately we'll probably never make any money. It'll never recoup the the, the money we've spent on uh, we spend on advertising or or uh, even getting the fucking artworks done a lot of the time. But it's a way for them to go. I've got a track out. I've got something to shout about. Yeah. Um. It, it, we've got something out on Beatport. Listen to me music on Spotify, and ultimately. You know, the gigs you get off the back of having music out will reward you tenfold on what you actually make on the music itself. And that's the that's the view I've always had when I was making music with Chris Clark. It was like, I know this this is I mean, we might sell some vinyl back in the the days we used to sell some vinyl. Mm. Um but then it was like, we'll just make this and I'll play it in DJ sets and me sets were always exclusive and different and that's why I was getting booked so heavily back in the day mm. because I had exclusive content um, that was the um, I was just I was just all about getting content out there you know and it was the same same for the label when I set the label up it was like let's just do this and just see what happens just let's just put get it I mean I'd only sign stuff that I liked so uh, get a tune off someone and just go let's just put it out there yeah. and just see what happens it yeah. might really take off for you it might might work for us as a label we don't know we'll just see absolutely so if you don't mind me asking and obviously i can cut this out if you don't want it in um what's what is the plan with it going forward I, I, have you got anything how you're gonna sort of expand on it or like that um, or you can ask me anything Brad, and don't cut it out mate no 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 <laughs> but obviously if you've got something and you want to tell me and then uh you've got you, there's there's people who will jump on your ideas and you if you if you try and keep your, your cars close to your chest sometimes yeah it's better, um, better for it uh, going forward mate i think it's more about um brand awareness yeah. um is is our most important well i say, keep saying ah it's only fucking me mm, yeah. <laughs> is me is me most um is me most important next step is just um getting the brand out there. I think really need to do some um, PR campaigns for releases uh, so we can get use the distribution, not the distribution company, the uh, promo companies. Mm. So there's lots of different promotional companies who send your records out to artists and stuff. So we start paying them, but they're not they're not cheap. It's not cheap at all. Uh, no, no. So, but, but if, if, you know, if we can get a track played by, uh, you know, Hannah Lang or, or Marco Carolla or someone, it really it's really going to help a lot. Absolutely. As soon as one person plays it as well, that's all it takes is just someone to capture it, and that's then you, yeah. You can just snowball from there. Um, would we ever get a Mama's Milk event? Would you? Would uh, I've I thought about it. Um, I don't think the brand's strong enough yet. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, ultimately, you could just put a line up on and pick a load of the artists off the thing and go and throw some money at it and see if it works. But 
I've lost too much money over the years doing events to, <laughs> to be to be like a bit slapdash with um, with stuff like that. I mean, I know some people are just promoting the job and they just go off a couple of try it. But for me, it's not my thing, and like it takes a lot of time to promote an events, and and yeah. at the moment, our time is is precious. So absolutely, how quickly? Because I I know when you were doing the sort of the bounce stuff before how quickly are you getting tunes put together now like when you me in, in, you, you personally yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the studio um i am i'm probably finished completing a track within four or five hours i think yeah start to finish and i make all the drums fresh uh but I, i've got I, the way I've, I've set it all up on able now is like I, i've got me um i've got my favorites all highlighted and stuff so I'm hardly searching for sounds and synths and stuff anymore. It's all like it's all. I've not, never used a template. To always start from from scratch. Always make everything fresh, mm. um, so everything doesn't sound identical. And then, uh, yeah, it's because it's the way of the way of um, organized me. Maybe it just means that my workflow is rapid. Like yeah. I like to. I think that once you get past that five hour period, it starts to become a chore. Yeah, and when you and your ears get dead. Like you, this is just something I, I don't know if you've ever done this. You're making a tune, and you go, yeah, that's a banger, and then you go go and have a shit or or go to the chippy or whatever, and come back and you listen to it with fresh ears, and you go, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even sound in key, you know. Yeah. What I mean? It's a fucking mess. Uh, so I like to just get stuff done rapid because um, music so throwaway anyway. We what what's a big tune today? Next week will be yeah, nothingness. That's I mean, it, I was yeah. talking to one of the lads from Fifty Four yesterday uh, about the new Mochax signal, um, and when we we got we got mailed it um, about two weeks ago, and we were all going in the air in the WhatsApp group. Wow, this is this is fucking amazing. This is the best tune of the year. Though. And then I played it like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday that week. I got it, and then just went. I just, I just haven't touched it since. So then that just goes to show how quickly, how quickly you move on. Because next thing you know, there's another track, and you go, "What? This is the best tune ever." And then, uh, and then there's one the week after, and it just, it's just like that constantly. So you have to have like, um, you can't. uh, Mike Descala was saying to us uh, on a, on a, I wrote a post on my Facebook saying, "You know, what's wishing you the magic formula to making." amazing music you see what and you see his comments he's just said you know don't be too precious about the music you make because you've got to have a high turnaround um because if you if you throw enough shit the wall eventually something will stick yeah and i I know i've known mike for a long time um and i remember back in the back in the day when he's going to the studio and sit with him he'd be just knocking a tune out every day boom boom, another tune boom and and 99 of them you never hear it again yeah yeah, you just make it and it'll be gone uh, and it was that, that's because he didn't really care about it, you know. He he obviously felt passionate about the music, like, and he liked it because he'd made it. But yeah. he he had no he had no love to it and connection yeah. to it. Um, so we just move on to the next one, and then it was only when a track got a track got real traction and interest off a record label that he'd you know pursue that. Yeah, that, yeah, that that sort of sound and stuff yeah. like that. It's understandable, definitely. The only reason I ask is because when I'm obviously I go off, have a flick for a beat part on that. A lot of your tracks of that you're releasing, maybe of other people's, you've got a Rob Kane remix included and stuff like that. And I just thought I you, you know, just seem to you be. Know what, what what that the reason for that is because um, remixes are. Go on, Terry. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> yeah, remixes are, uh, can be expensive. Yeah. So. Um, 
I get just get a track in and I go, well, I need a, I need a, I want a tech house mix of that, and I want, a, or I want a house mix of this, or I want a pump and house mix, and it's see, sometimes it's just easier for me to just go, I'll just make it. Yeah, I've got the send me the stems and I can do it in a day, and it's done then, and they've got a remix package for it. So I just sell a single when it's just the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good to have. Um it's like it's a lot of the time uh, a lot of hard dance use, labels used to do it it's where it's like right we're putting this single out it's going to be the, the big thing and I understand it's great to get a remix, remix package but when you're there and you've got four like similar producers doing that doing it tech house one do like a sort of pumping one and you could it's there's a variety and it's like you never even know like a garage producer might play it play in his garage set do you know what I mean or it's don't like five bounce mixes of one track is just well, it's not necessarily yeah, is it? I mean it, it was always it was always mental the bounce thing for, for that like yeah people would get a track um to remix and then you remix in exactly the same style as what the original was and it just didn't didn't make any fucking sense and then he'd use all the stems so it it, it was it was always just so backwards it, mm. it's always been a parochial scene though with like I mean, anyone's been in the scene along that that scene a long time knows that knows what the crowd wants, mm -hmm. you know. And you don't have to be a fucking brain surgeon to figure out what the bounce scene wants. So when producers are making music, they're just going, "Well, what what will what will they dance to? Or they'll dance to this? Exactly. It's exactly the same as the original." Or, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm not I'm not saying don't take this the wrong way, but like as an outsider looking in now, because yeah. you're not you're not front and centre anymore in no, the bouncing no, area. So, so, so and I, I didn't want to be in the first place. But. Yeah. Yeah. But as a, as an outsider looking into the scene now, um do you feel like that that's sort of changed at all? What do you mean in what way? So like um are people like do you ever listen to anything now, maybe in passing, and think, oh it's an original, quite an original idea that or does it just feel like it's still the same I, cycle? I feel like it hasn't moved on at all. I mean, I, 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 the, the times when I thought, "Wow, this is really going somewhere," was when, um, oh god, it must be two thousand and two thousand seven, two thousand two thousand two thousand eight, I think it was when Stevie B, like Club mm -hmm. and, and Andy Whippy were making that hard dance fuse stuff. You know, with those big, and I was that. Yeah. That was the, that was the last time I really really went, wow. This, yeah, is, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is this is evolving this but since then it seems like we've gone backwards <laughs> yeah 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 uh, I, I i i do lots of ghost production stuff um and i still make a lot of bounce music for uh other producers or sorry other djs and stuff mm. like quite a lot like you'd be surprised yeah yeah um you can show me on my graph pod <laughs> i will i will uh yeah uh, uh, and they they all come in and they all just still want the same the same uh, can you make it like either like Alex K or yep. can you make it like Fitzy and Rossi B? Mm -hmm. uh, I want a donk in it. I want an organ baseline and I want this and I want that. Uh, and it's just, I mean, for me, it's it's good because I'm getting paid for easy work for yeah. making a track in three hours. You know, yeah. Uh, as Kenny is, you know, Kenny's doing the same thing. He's churning out two a day, and you yeah. know what? One hundred and fifty quid a pop. And he's doing fucking two a day every day. Of the week. <laughs> Class, you can do it? the maths, can't you? Yeah. It's like, uh, it, it's 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 worth doing, and it's the same for me. I I, I do usually do one like, like one or one a day, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it's always bounce pretty much. I think it's very rare now someone comes in and wants to make house. Actually, I had one last week, but uh, yeah, most people want to just make want to make bounce for them, and they all they all just want the same thing. 
So for for example, right? Let's let's just say what would it what would it take now for for um, in your opinion for the next evolution of, of bounce? Um, well, I. I was tr- or I was trying to slow stuff down a while ago. Yeah, um, and it was good. <laughs> and I remember there was there's an MC who I won't name. He was going, "Mate, your music is fucking stale as fuck. You, you're making grave digger music." And I was like, "Why?" He was going, "It's it's too slow, pal. Too fucking slow. Can't rap, rap can't mm. rap to it." And I was like, "But this is." I'm trying to take it down so it it, it, it appeals to a, a more open market because the B, the BPMs are slower. Yeah, you you attract the, the attention of people who are into house music. So if you so so Donk a minute was is made probably 150 BPM standardly still, which mm-hmm. is insane to me. Uh, people who are into house don't really tend to go past the one three two mark, and then people but people on bounce will also recognise something that's bouncy at 140 as as a, a you know as a thing, and it can be pitched up. Yeah. So I was like, let's just slow it down so it appears so your tracks get. A different audience, so the people into fast music will like it. Yeah. The people into slow music, it still fits in, make the drums more groovy and stuff like that. It like, makes your you stand out as an artist as well, doesn't yeah. it? Like it, for me, your when you were doing the there was a Rub K mixes, but there was the Club Hammer stuff as well. Yeah. And when I, when I listened to it, it was like it was it was appealing because it was different. I'm not saying it was rubbish, by the way, but um it was it was different it's like it felt it felt like a, a breath of fresh air there's there is one or two out there who, who are still doing that by the way don't get me wrong but i find now for for me and so i, I do the thing with john john g money yeah yeah we do that and it's it's hard to get out of your head it needs to be like this it's because it, the, the formula works and the synths on the dance floor because you, you go you, when you when you're working with djs in the studio they always have a DJ brain on them. See, I try and separate myself from my DJ brain when mm. I'm when I'm making music because otherwise you start going, well, I know that the drop's going to be like this because that'll work on the dance floor and that's what's current in a minute, but you need to just separate yourself sometime and go, yeah. why, aren't, why don't we just try dropping it into like a fucking speed garage base or fucking we try and do this or we try and do that, you know, instead rather than... Let's just drop it with a fucking straight kick and donk with no fucking percussion under it like everyone else does. Well, I've I've experimented in the past and, and tried to change a little thing. And do you know something? It when it falls on its ass, it falls on its ass hard. Fuck me, it gets me down. Like I'm, I remember I did a a tune and it was it was under I think it was hundred and forty two and it was like um quite load of groove to it and people there was he was getting labelled as a hard house tune but to me it was bouncing and it had the right elements and then. Honestly, mate, I think it, it it done nothing. People like listened to it once, and then that was it. It was just, and I, it's it's disheartening. The thing is, though, you probably market it to the wrong audience. So, if you'd have maybe set that, put that into like the the tidy tracks clientele, they might have gone, oh yeah, this this resonates with us because mm-hmm. it's kind of what Sam Townend plays. You know, if you try and market it to a bounce crowd, they just they just not they're so narrow minded about it. It's very, I mean that this was one of the reasons I fucking liked it in the end because mm. you just you unless it had a fucking Russian donk on it or a or a fucking big Spanish bump and donk or something, people just weren't interested. Yeah, it had to sound fucking ridiculous. But this you know? is this is my my point. If it, how can something um, 
evolution the evolution happen in, in bounce and move it to the next sort of steps if people aren't open-minded enough to play it. I, I mean, I, I, I'm really involved in the bounce scene, so I haven't got the answers mm. anymore because no. I'm not submerged in that world, but yeah. it's always had that, that issue where it's it feels like it's just not going anywhere. And then sure, as, you know, as day follows night, you'll see a decline in it again. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And like, at the moment, it's, it's flying and people... Are going out to these well i say it's flying i mean i don't know well they i've noticed they gigs are cancelling again uh, mm-hmm. uh, but the more gigs that are on the more the cancel obviously yeah uh and the commercial dance music is a lot faster i mean i go through my promos every week and i'm like fuck. normally it was just like house and commercial house and you just click through them and listen to them and now it's like 140 bpm 138 bpm 150 BPM, mm-hmm. drum and bass, and like this all this fuck. I'm like getting promos. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where's all the house music? <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so the music's the commercial music's getting faster. So like, I, I mean, it really does baffle me how the commercial side of things s- still hasn't crossed over into the bounce scene. Yeah, um, like the, the BPMs are the same. So why aren't why aren't these big big events booking the likes of Hannah Lang mm. or Ben Helmsley or mm. Abel Paradise or Patrick fucking Topper I mean and granted they're between 15 and 35 grand to book but you know your show's going to sell out mate if you book them yeah I've seen that, that uh, Billy Gillis is on tonight in Sunderland for Clubbed and I thought that's a bit of a breath of fresh air that do you know what I mean it's yeah. like it's it's a worthy headliner. It's it, yeah. it is obviously people don't want to take the risk with with how it is at the minute because I'm not going to lie to you. It's not it's not as not as great as you maybe imagine. It's it's uh, I'm not saying it's shit by any stretch, but we come off when when COVID happened and then we come off the back of it. it there was a lot of hype about bounce. It was really fresh and because people have been doing live streams constantly yeah. in their kitchens for fucking eighteen months. That's why. And now it seems to just have took a little. Yeah, it's plateaued, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, this, 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 I mean, clubbing in general is is struggling quite bad. Mm-hmm. Um, in Liverpool at the minute, we're mm-hmm. going. Through, I mean, we. I granted, we're in the middle of a recession here, mm-hmm. um, and like I, I, I've not seen, I've not seen it this bad uh, mm-hmm. since just after the millennium everyone went fucking mental on the millennium and then the other sort of the side of it there was just 18 months of nothingness like people were like how can we top that <laughs> you know it's not, not go out no one had any fucking dough yeah everyone was skint and then we had a recession in 2006 when the um house markets uh, crashed so uh it just felt like a, a like it was and then i people started spending money again and, and then the music music thing picked up and, and, and now and it's back down again now so it's like we, nightclubs and, and events in, in Liverpool are, are kind of the ones that are su- successful and busy are a few and far between yeah. um, the residencies I'm part of we've seen a, a decline um, not massive but still a decline yeah yeah um, which shows that the regulars you were going out every single week aren't going out every single week and, yeah. they, and you have to put it into into context of why aren't they going out every week anymore well firstly go out like i mean for, like they, they just just for context to go out in liverpool on a saturday night say you're going to go to 54 okay mm. you're going to want to buy 
as a man, you're going to want to buy yourself a new rig out, new clothes, and a new pair of trainees. Yeah. Let's just say 500 quid. There's 500 quid, okay? <laughs> you're going to get off your cake. I don't know where you shop, but oh, I don't shop in them places. This is Young Scouts, is it? Oh, uh, yeah, You're no. going to want to get off your cake. You're going to want to spend 150 quid on Charlie or whatever yeah, yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah. You know, then you're going to buy, want to buy 100 quid's worth of bevies while you're out. Then your taxis mm. and, your, uh, and your entrance fee into the clubs. If you're still you living know, at home with your mum as well, that's one night out a month you're getting. It's a thousand Yeah, that's what I mean. Quid. Yeah, it's like one night you know out a month. I mean? And who the fuck can afford to do that every week? It's not like when we used to go to the 05 one years ago, you paid 25 quid to get in, you had half a galley and you were fucking flying for the rest of the night, you know, <laughs> drinking fucking hot water out of the taps because he turned the cold off. <laughs> oh, that's grim. <laughs> just fucking getting a hot a bottle of water and fucking filling it with hot water, just leaving it on the side till it cooled down. Oh. Um, yeah, so it, 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 in context, like, you've got it, it, people just can't afford to go out anymore. I was saying this to the, uh, the lads a few weeks back, I was saying them. Um, what you have to you have to look at what the current climate is doing and what they're interested in and like yeah. are they going to want to come to a nightclub every week spend a shit ton of money and that's this is including money they're going to spend on trying to get beer, buy beards bevies <laughs> yeah. you know they put that into the mix as well it's god knows how much money uh, so hey, are they going to want to do that every week or are they going to pay 35 quid to get in Blackstone Warehouse to see Ben Helmsley and uh, and Hannah Lang and a couple of these other things whose music they like more because they're younger. The younger yeah. ones like like it faster than a minute. And they have, you know, two tablets which they've paid a tenner for and a bottle of water and they're going to be, you know, buzzing all day. Or are they going to want to spend £1,000? Yeah, yeah. You know, so... Uh, so, uh, like, the, the... Normally people were into weekly clubbing. Yeah. And now... They're into going to events. Do you not think that's people. a sign that the underground scene's coming back though? Uh, I don't. I, I think it's all about money. I think it's all about financial uh, finances. And at the moment, you know, the cost of living is so fucking high that people can't afford to go out every week. Uh, I, I mean, f from recessions usually come great things. So, yeah. um, in the eighties, end of eight, the eighties, Acid House was born. Mm -hmm. So, people had people had given up hope. I remember Liverpool in the eighties. It was desolate, mate. It was grey. It was bleak. No one had any jobs. Everything was fucking broken. Um, you know, this is the perception people still have of Liverpool now. Obviously, it's quite it's a vibrant, thriving city nowadays. Some of it's beautiful, but back in the eighties, it was a fucking dump. Yeah. But out of that came the birth of vast house music. People were desperate, and it, it fell in line with um, ecstasy. So. People started going out and having ecstasy, listening to this brand new music, and it was just it exploded. Um, so, uh, my my thought process is, you know, in times of, of of bleakness and and despair comes great things because you've got to go. Ultimately, you've got to go down to come back up again. Yeah. So, I'm, my hope is that we get to the other side of this recession. Hopefully, the governments do something about people not being able to afford to pay the lecky bills. I doubt they fucking will. Yep. Or the up, up the hook and the, uh, the, um, the the price people get paid per hour it's a little bit mm -hmm. at the minimum wage and um, you know people can start having something to look forward to. It, 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 I, I, I do th I do think a, a new wonder drug uh, coming out would kickstart a lot of things. Yeah, uh, but what that is, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The reason I said, do, do you think the underground's coming back is because. If let's just say I've seen a couple of, I've had an inquiry so what or two. Classes underground is not underground to me. 
See, so, you, so when you go, when you think on the ground, when when I think on the ground, I'm thinking beer gaining, you know, in Berlin and and like proper moody old techno sweat pits. That's an underground thing to me. Whereas this like this uh, Hannah Langan and, and oh and, no, and, and it's not things not underground. No, no. What yeah. I'm thinking is because obviously the 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 same. You're going out on a budget. That's what I was trying to trying to get at. So, oh, for think, instance, what are we saying plan people would prefer going to a little sweaty dinge box rather than a big. Um, well, I've, there's been a couple of times now where there's there's one I know of in Scotland and there's one I know of in Bristol, um, and these are just these young lads. They were uni students and. Um, they like a bit of everything. They like the techno, they like the house music, they like a bit of bounce music and whatnot. And they're, they're just finding these derelict places, spreading the word around, nothing on social media. Oh, no, this, 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 this has been happening around in Liverpool as well. Yeah. And loads of it was happening during COVID. But it's loads alternative it. to going to the city and spending a yeah, grand. They, Go there, 100 quid. Yeah, I, I, mean, I did see one um, online and... If I'm honest, it looked fucking terrible. Did it? <laughs> yeah, it was like in a in a warehouse somewhere on the Bootle docks, and there was I, I can, uh, the warehouse probably put a, probably could have held thousand people, and there was like sixty fucking lads and uh-huh. trackies dancing in there. You know, it looked <laughs> fucking shit. Yeah. They were playing shit music and all that. So yeah, I think the um, the vision is sometimes greater than the uh, the outcome. Yeah, as I say, I've seen a couple of the videos. That I, the, the the ones that I seen in Bristol, I was just like, I was amazed that like this was in the middle of the woods, right? It wasn't. A, a, I've a seen these videos, you know. And they're just lads. They go there, a couple of pills. Will you play some bass? Uh, there was well, as I said, there's a bit of uh, drum and bass. The, the, yeah. the thing is, with the younger generation now that I've discovered is they're not narrow minded in what they listen to. They're like, that's a tune drum bass tune oh that's a tune that's, that's a techno tune it's like it's like now almost the the the, the it's a wider palette of, of, of music that they like whereas when I was growing up it was like I fixate on one sound that I like and I like oh I like this this is, this is the right rhythm for me this is the right speed yeah. this is the right sounds and then that's how we get where we are yeah. but with these lot it seems to be it's like I, like I got booked up um, it's in Northumberland and it was this bunch of the Scottish people and fucking that hired out the this castle and whatnot. and I turned up then like we want you to play a donk set because we love you we love the donk stuff you're doing and the guy on before me he was playing drum and bass and I'm not going to lie like I, I don't get anxious about DJing at all it doesn't really bother me but the ang- like the anxiety I was getting of I'm gonna clear this room here. This is gonna be really bad. Was like was oh, through done, the I've roof. I've done that before, mate. When someone's booked me for something, yeah. Gone, turned up, the person you played before you was playing like Fidget House, and you go on with a fucking whopping donk, and everyone just goes, "See ya." Yeah, <laughs> gets off. Well, to be honest with you, though, I played the first tune, and I was I could like I was shaking, touching the mixer because I was like, "I'm gonna empty this. Look like a right dickhead as well." And then I played it, and they were up there banging into it. And then the guy who came on after me was playing this really like because it was getting like at this point it was about six in the morning. It was getting really dark and weird. I don't know what you would call it, but it was like half speed, sort of. Uh, it's quite a groovy like 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 tech house, but like almost half speed. So it was like it was like yeah, and but it was like dead atmospheric and all this and they were all banging to it after just listening to a, a bang and donk set I was I think I was playing about 145 146 at the time and the, the transition from A to B was just it was amazing like so years ago many 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 years ago there was lots of um, multi-genre events on like I, I 
I can't remember if it was Fantasia or something, but like you, you'd have, you used to have like Carl Cox on, mm-hmm. and you'd have Groove Rider, and you'd have like Scion, and you'd have Tony DeVee, and then Jeremy Healy. Yeah. And like all these DJs that don't work together, all of in the same room together. Class. Like, I, like, so it was like that many years ago, uh, but people become fixated on genres. Yeah. So you get you book on events and I don't know, you put Marco Corolla on or whatever, it's gotta be DJs that just work Yeah, they work alongside that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it's 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 a funny old game, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so right, we'll we'll get into this because I'm itching to talk about it. Uh reminisce, how was it? Yeah, it was alright, it was okay. Um I I think I've already discussed on a podcast I don't I don't um I don't do the stage management thing there anymore. Yeah. I fucked that off. Right, okay. Um, I was running the set, the, the bounce back tent. Or back, back in the day, it was a make some noise tent. Yeah, yeah. And then it ended up being the clubland tent, and uh, now it's the bounce back tent. I was running that tent. Yeah. I was the stage manager. Uh, but I fucking hated it. <laughs> it's, uh, I can imagine it's a pretty stressful it's, job. It used to stress me out for weeks beforehand because everyone you've ever met suddenly is, is texting yeah. you. You're getting phone you're getting phone calls and texts at two in the morning. Hey lads, can you them tickets for reminisce? You know, if I come to reminisce, will you get me backstage? We'll do this. And it was just I mean, I can only struggle to imagine what Lane Steen Cocky go through. Yeah. Like every every year, just like leading up to it, everyone just pestering the fucking life out of them. It was honestly for me, it was just too much. So before the event had even happened and all the stress you burnt of the out day, of it, yeah. I was just sick to fucking death of it. Mm-hmm. Like, will you get me these? Will you do that? Can you sort and like and then on the day it's just dealing with arsehole artists and I mean most of them fine, let's be honest. Mm. Most of me mates. But then you've got to then direct your mates and tell them where they what they've got to do and you end up shouting at people you've been mates with for twenty years. You've got to be on stage in two minutes, you're two of your fucking cake. You can't do this. Mm. Get me a drink, Rob. Get me this. I'm like, you're fucking Joey, fuck off all that <laughs> type of stuff. Yeah. And then you've got like then you've got to deal with absolute gobshites like fucking Cascada's fucking manager. He's <laughs> a fucking dickhead him. What a tosser. Um so you've got to deal with people like that as well. You're yeah. just arseholes and then and, and I was just like this ain't for me. Yeah. You know, I, I, no disrespect to lads, but I was doing it initially because I wanted to be involved. Mm. Um, the money's not fucking amazing for stage manager and it's, it's a day's work. So mm. they're not going to pay, pay me like a thousand quid to fucking walk around all day. Mm. Um, that's not how it works. So, uh, yeah, I was just like, I'm not doing this no more. I'm just going to turn up. I'm going to DJ. And yep. for me, it's a much more liberating experience. I, 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 I turn up 20 minutes before me set. Um, on uh, Saturday just gone on it and I uh, had a little walk around the backstage didn't see any other tents didn't really only saw the only artists I saw were the ones that, was, that were walking past me as I was walking towards the tent mm. and the people who were backstage but that was it I didn't see any other people perform I, I was there for about 20 minutes before I went on and then I had a piss and then went on stage and that was it and uh, I took my daughter with me uh, how so was I, that experience we were talking on what uh, it's the second year she's been now so she, I took her last year as well yeah. I did the same thing last year uh, I just turned up and and, uh, and played and then left uh, I don't like I, as much as I love DJing I don't really like the attention yeah I, um, I hate stopping for selfies I hate I I, I, I like to just do my job and, and leave yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean um, I like want to entertain people but I then don't want to be 
a bell end. Yeah, no, 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 and just like hanging around, waiting for fucking photos. And I see, see, I, I mean, some DJs fucking love it. Andy Whippy love it. Yeah. He goes to the fucking opening of an envelope, him. Get his photo, fucking suck with it. Look, yeah. uh, no, no, disrespect to Andy. I love Andy's fucking uh, absolutely amazing DJ. Um, but he loves the photos, him. Yeah. People ask me for photos now, and I'm like, oh, I'll have one with you in a minute because I don't really want to. I, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not about that. Mm. Like, I'd rather you just. I'd rather than getting a photo of me. Can you just not click on one of my fucking mixes on SoundCloud instead, yeah. <laughs> or buy one of my fucking shoes? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, so uh, yeah. Anyway, the reminisce uh, crowd-wise, it was. Uh, I kind of, I, I kind of think, the beauty of the bounce back tent initially was the fact that you couldn't fucking get in there. Right, it was. It's a six thousand man tent, mm. and what they did is they had the sides on down on the tents initially. So they had an entrance in and they had an exit. Because obviously you can't get in through the exit, and then you got this busy tent that was just jam packed. And because it's busy, everyone wants to be in the busy tent. Yeah. So you had a queue outside all day. Now they took the sides off it. I felt like it's. You can walk in and out and sort of. Kind of lost its magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. People and. I mean, for me, me as a DJ, I've always been one of those one of those DJs who like I want to test a little bit. Mm. I don't want to go in and I don't want to anthem bash. I don't want to mm. play fucking brothers and sisters and all this other shit that everyone else is going to play all remixes of them. Mm. Blade fucking Operation Blades. I don't want to play any of that. I want to be able to go. I've not played this tune in a long time. Mm. I'm going to test it and play it and see what happens. And sadly, at a festival, that doesn't really work unless you've got got them in there you know mm. and if they've got the opportunity to leave because they don't like a tuning play they will they'll just fuck off so I've kind of I found the past two years have been very similar obviously for me the big moment is the Opus moment playing Opus mm. uh, that, that get everyone for, as soon as everyone hears that coming and they all run in with the camera phones and they all want to film it you know Um but uh yeah, it it, it was, was alright, it was okay. It was okay. Excellent. But I don't know if I enjoyed it more when I was stage manager because the day was so stressful, it was my only hour off. Yeah. Going DJ for an hour and yeah. it, and I step away from being everyone's fucking bitch, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and then, then you I, jump off and then it all happens and again. Then, <laughs> yeah, well, well, usually what happened was as soon as, it, as, soon as I come off, I'd just... Get on the ale <laughs> straight away. Yeah. Half term, you read Ed Peace down so I couldn't hear anyone. <laughs> yeah. Class. Class. Uh, but I always found that the stage was always managed, boss, up until I went on. And then when I went on the decks and turned around, there'd be fucking 100 people behind me. Because yeah. no one else is stage managing, it's me. Right. And I'm not doing it. So, no. I've, I've, I don't know whether you, you would class yourself as this or not, but I, a lot of people, if you talk to me in the bounce scene, I, I think that you're the Liverpool connection. Yeah. You're like, if someone, say, reminisces on and they want to go, You'd be the, probably the first person to go to to go hey, tickets. Do you know what tickets? So I can imagine that that was quite stressful in the build up to be like, you've... I, I don't get. I, I, you know when people asking me, for, people asking where. I mean, everyone was always tagging me in posts. Can you can you get uh, can anyone you only see them on, online? Can anyone get two reminisce tickets? And then they'd be like, Bob, can you have to be tagged? Hmm. I just like go on. You still on the fucking website? <laughs> Why you check the website? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're fucking idiots <laughs> yeah class because well, your mate down the street told you they'd sold out you just automatically why don't you check <laughs> yeah absolutely um, so question for you then like I've seen obviously there's various stages and stuff like that would you never want to maybe try your house tunes out in an in no, I mean it's an old school festival yeah okay um, as an old school DJ I play Scouse House yeah so it makes no sense putting me 
anywhere else other than the. the what, about, what about the funky stuff then? Would well, you? That, yeah, obviously I played funky house in Liverpool for a yeah. long, long time, and so that kind of would make sense. It makes sense, but who's going to want to come to see Reminisce Festival to see Rob Kane play funky house when he's going to be playing pleasure room stuff? In the bounce back tent, so it's a good point. You know, I I, I know where I know I know where to come from. I'm not stupid. I, I I know what I'd rather do. I'd rather be playing house music. But well, let's be honest. If you're going to be on a festival of that scale, then you need to know what your lane is and stick to it. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, the bounce heads I know who went. Uh, a lot of the videos was of your set. So you does you... because it's a big deal. Like I mean, I, although I have started doing some bounce gigs again. Mm. Um. I, and I don't want to be, don't want to start, seem like I'm coming across as as uh, as rude here. I, it is just for them. I am just doing them for the money. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't feel passionate about that music anymore. Um, although I, I am doing some bounce gigs again, um, that's the main, that's the the main the main place you can see me play the tunes that I used to play. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a few new favourites and like, um, otherwise. You can't see me play that stuff regular. I just don't play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Understandable. Uh, were you playing anything um, that you've been engineering or not like that? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I played. Um, I played a few. Actually, we actually we uh, we had surprise PA on him and then we sent me and Alan uh, ADF of. Um, I've just mm-hmm. done Small Town Boy, mm-hmm. uh, and we've got a girl called Amy Chester to sing the vocal, re-sing the vocals for us, completely covered, remade everything from scratch. Mm. Surprisingly, it didn't take me that long to replay all the all the, uh, all the chords and stuff. And uh, um, yeah, she came on in the middle of me set, played that in the middle of me set, and she came on and sung it live as boss. Class, class uh, And then I, I played a couple of thing, other things I've, I've engineered as well, but like they're all old school based stuff, so or like classic Yeah, you can sort of get away with it or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, I wouldn't normally, normally wouldn't dream of playing anything too new. Um, at an old school festival, but uh, and initially when it, when it was when it started to reminisce, I was like, I, I used to brief the lads and go, "Don't you dare play anything uh, older than two thousand six. Don't you fucking dare." Mm-hmm. But now you see that the variety, yeah. yeah. Other other tents are uh, they're playing new stuff as well. Like and I know Liam Steak Hockey will um, will do some fresh edits of old school tunes to play in the main room as well. So. Yeah. I figure if they can get away with it, everyone else can as well. Yeah. Take reminisce out the subject now. I just want to ask you, uh, I like to gauge this. Um, to you, what what's a club classic now? What what year is the cut-off point for, so, a, for a club classic? Old school and club classic classics are different for every person, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So if you're, if you're a 20-year-old now or an 18-year-old now, Vici Levels is... An old school tune? No, surely that, not. <laughs> no. Honestly, mate, it is. Wow. Avicii Levels is an old school tune to them. Okay, right. Okay, and, 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 and like, I'm a, I'm a fucking 42-year-old man. To me, mm. that's, that seems like it came out last fucking week. Yeah, t- 2013, I think it was, was it? Something like, that? Something like that, yeah. Like, wow. EDM is old school. Right, so okay. then, that's what old school is. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about this actually, because when I seen a couple of videos reminisce, I seen Swedish House Mafia stuff getting played. Well, no, because um, John Martin, who sung "Don't You Worry, Child," was yeah. doing a live PA. All right, well, I've seen some other stuff as well, though. Like, so, but yeah. that, that, that's an old school. It's an eighteen-year-old. That's an old school tune. That, you know, yeah. they were fucking three years old when it came out. <laughs> it's honestly, mate, it's mad. Yeah, yeah. And you, you, you think, you think to yourself, like, so, so, so it's a gener- gen- each generation. 
classes different things as old school. Now, to mm. me, old school is 1991, 1992, mm. or anything before that, like 88 mm. assets, I was stuff on that. Like, for me, I, I, someone says, what's an old school? So, you know, I go, base heads, is there anybody out there? That's, to me, that's what that that's is. A, but... That's old school. That's, that's, a, that's yeah. a But then you, you go from old school into, I've always thought, like, old school into, like, classics. And, yeah. You know? So, and then there's, like, for me, like, the classics period is probably, like, 96 to 2003 and then everything else after that to me is new <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So, so that's what I was trying to get a gauge for you there what you regard so what would you say about 2003 is where you're like well it's, I mean that was that was the point for me where the Scouse House music went shit um, mm. that's when I stopped really buying yeah. Uh, stop buying like all the all the Dutch house stuff because it was just like and, and then we, we were releasing loads of Scouse house stuff like on record labels and stuff that that, that was for me when it became modern mm. so uh, that, that's my, just my association the way my brain's processed it using your theory um, would you would say a lot of your your, say, your total construct like, I mean, yeah, completely, yeah, classic, classic and, yeah, yeah completely yeah and people would probably yeah. be made up if I went on and reminisce and played a full set of that stuff and yeah. I don't play any of it uh, not at all not, not even dip your hand in I, I, no, I, uh, no, I think I've, I've, I've played anything. I might have played the piano thing, the Eric Prids remix a couple of times, but other than that, I've never played it. You know what I've found with, with Reminisces? None of the DJs on before me give a fuck about playing my tunes. They don't give a fine flying fuck. Yeah. They'll all play Static Bounce or Blowing Up a Beach Ball or fucking mm -hmm. JoJo's Tribute thing, all of them. Yeah. Like, with uh, absolutely no, no, with complete disregard. No, they don't give a fuck. When you talk about, when we're talking about the, the evolution of, of Bounce, how do you feel that when you, when you do your, like, JJ tribute thing that you did, um, people still think that sounds fresh in 2023? Do you know why it sounds fresh? Because... Everyone's using the samples, obviously, but what I'm, get, what I'm getting at is... It, because there's fuck all to it. It's timeless. <laughs> yeah. That's why it sounds fresh. It's like, like, play Clubheads kicking hard. It sounds better than any fucking donk tune that's been made in the past fucking 15 years. Yeah. It came out in 98. Yeah. Because it's so simple. So simple. That, like, simplicity is key. It still sounds fresh. Mm -hmm. When you make a tune that, that basic with, I think I can't remember how, like, Joe Inferno, Jojo Subi thing we did. Um, I can't remember how many channels it was it, uh, on the project, but it can't have been can't have been more than twenty. Yeah. Uh, and and even the, like the breakdown bit where all the uh, the pads and stuff are coming, Chris made that breakdown in um, fruity loops and bounced it down as an audio stem and just slapped it into the track. We yeah. didn't even because we were using Acid Pro to make tunes then. He just bounced it out of fruity loops and just put in the thing. So it was, you know, it, there's, there's like there's no musical elements to it. It's yeah. just, it's just that it, it's that sounds that Joe Inferno Tribal Church yeah. sounds that just makes the tune. And then obviously the little samples and stuff. And it's the, the progression of the drums and the loops and stuff uh, really carry it. But um, it was it was. Just, I don't think there was much even effort thought out about it. I was just we just go through samples and we found that this will twist your head thing. I was like, yeah, come on, put that in. <laughs> and then we already had the baseline in the, yeah. the, the 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 thing already in. I was like, well, let's just build it like this and have a breakdown, man, like floaty breakdown, and have it come back in, and that's all it does. Yeah, it's because it's like because of that. That's why it it works works yeah, 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 still yeah. because it, it it's not aged because it's got no age it's still I mean it's like the original Joe Inferno Tribal Church thing came out in 1992 and like although the drum programming and the mastering is basic as fuck in fact I don't even think it's been mastered the original you still play that in any room any mm. room 
at the right speed and it'll go off. Absolutely. Any room. Yeah. And there's nothing in it, it's just a kit on that side. <laughs> It's if, hey, someone will have made a lot of money off the back of that, do you know what I mean? I, I believe he got ads off, you know. Oh. I believe he got ads off, yeah. Oh, well, it is what it is. But um, last time I was over at Chris's, um, he showed me, he was like, oh, this is some of the sort of total control stuff we did. And he opened it up, and as I say, 15 to 20 channels, and you're just like, wow, this is yeah, honestly, it's, it's mind-blowing, cause, it? yeah. Because the process of us making total control tunes was... Um, I'd go in with an idea, yeah. and I go today, Chris. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do Lulu shout. That would be that will that will be the thing. And then he go, how do you want it to sound? And I go, uh, want to use this riff? And then we'll and he go, what sound do you want to use? And I go, let's just go through some and find out. And he just go through his bases, just click through them. And I go that one. And then he put it in, and then he make it fit, put it in key, and he go, what what kick do you want to use? And I go, I don't know. And he go, and I go. That one, <laughs> quite put that in, and that's how it was. They were made, so they, they was they were selected on based on my preference. I think. Do you not think that when um, Total Control is a good example of it? But when you listen to Total Control stuff, um, and there's various people with with aliases out there who do something similar, because they were a bit more stripped back, that 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 they've become more timeless than maybe something yeah. of, of I, I think the thing with total control is it's not it's not the strip back or something that made them timeless i think it's the it was the difference in di difference in direction so at the time where uh, we had there was us total control there was outsource alex k fitzy and rossi b bad mm. behavior hypersonic uh quadrasonic and kenny and, kenny and ben as well uh, oh yeah kb project so yeah. there was there was probably 10 of us collectives yeah uh, making music and now most of the lads obviously apart from hypersonic and club filler um were making donk mm. and i was like I, I was turning up to these all the donkeys i'm playing wigan pier and and whatever and uh bounce heaven and definitely playing donk and i was like well i know from a dj's perspective that if i hold off from playing a donk tune when i play that tune with the first donk in it in my set that will be the part where everyone goes fucking ape shit. so mm. it's like I said to chris i want to make really powerful boss music but without using a donk sample mm. i want to use alternative bass sounds and some of the sounds and the bass lines on on the total control tunes were like percussive because they were percussive sounds and we just trim the fucking top the top end off them mm. and they had like boss bottom ends like yeah or like they were just mad sounds we'd found on the vst they weren't even bass sounds half of them well me, me and john were talking the other week and we were listening to a club heads mix right and it's uh one of the the newer ones that's got all these new edits and that in and he, he mixes out of a tune and he just mixes into the drums and it sounds like it's going to be like it's a bad mix but if you listen to that in the moment, as soon as that donk kicks in, so fucking hell. So let me tell you, right, I, <coughs> I, I, first time we booked the club heads for Make Some Noise, Addy Van Der Zwan, uh, was the DJ who turned up for the club heads that time. Yeah. And he, he, he did a couple of mixes like that. I was thinking, it just, he, he, he just kind of mixed out and it'd be like the phrase before the first breakdown. Mm. So and it'd just go into the kick tone and he'd be like, oh, does he not even know how to mix his own tunes? But then, as you said, when that fucking he played about, I think he played about three or four tunes before he played the first one with a donk in it. Mm. I think it's not, it's not right, possibly anyway. And uh, the first time that fucking donk comes slamming in, everyone's heads went fucking west. Yeah, you know? and, well, and Kuhn, yeah, Kuhn Gronveld, he, he does the same. He just mixes the same. Like you listen to their, their his, his streams or any of the sets he's done, you yeah. always drop it down into into just a kick drum on its own. You know, like. 
but then you start to you start you to realize, build on it, yeah, and then yeah, when yeah, that yeah. fucking when that bass finally comes in, you go, oh fuck, all right, I get it, I yeah. get it. Well, I heard them in, in Ballers in like two thousand and I don't know, two thousand thirteen or whatever, and I was just like, are these just producers because this mixing's fucking? Oh, I don't know. But then, obviously, when I was listening to this mix, and I was discussing it with John, I was like. Do you know this sounds purposeful? Like if they're doing this on on, on a mixed recording, and then when you listen to it in context, and that kick drum and the the donk comes in, I'm just like, oh yeah, that's why. Yeah, and then, it is. It's it is completely purposeful. Mm. Uh, every every set we've we've ever have ever booked on for, they've done the same thing. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's always before a pivotal moment. Yep. So it's like they've they've almost pre-programmed, you know what I mean? And they mm. know that oh, well, we're just going to take this out a little bit early, just so the drums can breathe for, for thirty-two beats before we get that little that little thirty-two beat break, and then the mm. donk's going to come in, and everyone's going to go fucking ape shit. See, and I they do. I love so, talking the psychology of of the the this side of the production and DJing as well, because I mean you can you can tell a story with DJing, you know what I mean? Yeah. As as you know, but I love talking this because. You hear people's point of view where it's like, oh, I'm gonna mix like the fucking Spanish too and just put it over the top and it just sound shit and and whatever. But when you when you hear like little nuances like this and it's like it makes you th- it it makes me make changes to my production. Where yeah. it's like, oh, actually, if I did this and then when the dunk does come in or, or whatever, See, it does come in. I, I, what I found with the club heads and their particular style of mixing, that's a Dutch thing, that. Mm. So you listen to it, I don't know if you don't ever listen to any old Dutch house mixers, they are quite fucking difficult to find online. Mm. Um, Rob Boskamp and people like that, they all mix the same. So they all give that breath for tension before something happens. Yeah. You know, like a, a, we, with the way we DJ, like we have the baseline goes out on one and automatically when they when it drops down, it's just the kick drum and mm. at the end of that tune, the baseline's coming in on the other one. So it does, it's, it's seamless. Well, they always have that, that gap, yeah, that yeah, yeah, bridge yeah. where... Makes you appreciate the baseline. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and plus you don't have to fucking concentrate on mixing in key when you mix like that as well, <laughs> yeah. do you? So, oh, well, but it's, yeah, it, it, a lot of them are the same. A lot of them are the same. Yeah. I think it's a Dutch thing. Like John Cotton, when he went to... Um, Holland, he was telling me like he picked up loads of like mixing tips because mm. he was playing. Um, I think he played Dance Valley and all these other places, and he was. I know he was playing Escape. He was going. The DJ was on. Was telling him about um, who was it? Scott Mack. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear the Scott Mack? Yeah, yeah. The, he, he did come on, on strong. Come on strong yeah, yeah. Scott Mack was there, and he was saying what you want to do when you're building your tune is you want to bring the volume down a little bit just before it drops. Take the bass out. And then just really hold it there, and just you know, so it's it's lower and the mix, the volume's lower. I don't don't put it up until the very end, and then when you when it's just about to drop, then you slide it up ever so gradually, and then bring the bass back in. Yeah. And he said, and it'll and and the and the kick drum, it'll it will will. Uh, it'll seem will superior, throb, won't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. more because you know what it's like when people hear it, feel that like fucking boom in the chest that's what makes them move and you remember so, the tune as well like like yeah. it's like fucking remember remember the kick draw on that tune when it yeah, come in exactly so yeah like the, that that particular dutch style of mixing um, yeah yeah mad mad me yeah they do it for tension i think it's, it's intended um i wanted to get on to you to talk about you sort of house production and that as well while we're here um with your house music and stuff um i know obviously when i when i hear your stuff i can hear parts of the of, of the the rob kane um, like 140 stuff you were doing do you know yeah. what I mean I can hear them them elements because yeah. you're a big user of like percussion sounds and yeah, yeah. and and grooves and I think that's what attracted me to the to that sort of sound that you were doing at the time but um, how how's your production changed do you feel like obviously it's less melodic 
as such when you when you do the sort of the, the, the tech stuff you're doing do you find that you have to sort of hold back on maybe maybe when it when it tune builds up and it's got the melody playing and it and it goes back to like a stripped back drop yeah do you do you find yourself having to hold back from putting the melody in or, or I'm just just so riffing with you when, like when you when when you've been making uh, bounce and pump and house for a long time you get into st stuck into a certain type of formula <clears> you know that <throat> you're building up with all the elements and you break down and then when you drop all the elements are in there with the with mm -hmm. the kick drum and the bass and uh, it's it, it's ultimately a crescendo mm -hmm. whereas when you're making house music or tech house music sometimes the crescendo is actually a lot less that was in the breakdown yeah yeah so you, you, you've got to forget everything you know about one thing and try and figure out how the other things work yeah so how are you finding it then yourself now because you, you're, you're years deep into this now really I bought off a duck's back isn't it <laughs> yeah but, it's, I mean it's it, yeah it's, I mean it's all a learning curve but um getting better yeah. uh, I, I mean I, I at the moment I, I I'm trying to just concentrate more on um get me baselines to sound more warm mm. like and get them to sound pumping and groovy and stuff but uh I want that warmth and depth that you hear uh in like a big like Mark Knight tune or something yeah so that's what I'm concentrating on most at the moment but uh I mean like the transition from between the two, I, I, you, you will be able to hear elements of. Oh, that's you can tell that Bob's made that because it's got that stab in it. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he's used that in another tune or whatever. Yeah. Um, I well. think there's a big market there for for a crossover that you you started doing like because you did vamp and that didn't you like them remixes uh, uh you done um Ginny keep warm oh, yeah, yeah, type it things was like housey things yeah yeah house but that that crossover between like the old school and and that house sound yeah. I think that you you could capitalize on something like like that yeah personal that's just my 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 thing but how, when you were playing them saying town or like that was was it going There's out there's no re reaction really like they were flat no. but I don't think they were particularly well made them Okay. I, I I've listened I listened to listened to Vamp the other day. Um, funnily enough, I was thinking to myself, oh, I missed a trick not doing that there. And mm -hmm. there's, I, I think there was just it was just kind of basically thrown together. I, I just went. I've just I've just had the, I've gone into the studio that day and gone, what can I do? And I've gone, don't know. And just looked at me and I've gone, I've got found the fucking the uh, Outlander Vamp sample and just gone, I'll make this. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean, it was it was okay. no context or thought put behind it. It was just done. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't. I think they were some of the me first solo house productions. Some of them, mm -hmm. and um, they probably shouldn't have gone out if I'm honest. But I'm a, I'm a firm believer of just fucking throw stuff out. Oh there, yeah, yeah. It's growth, isn't it? It shows you. It shows yeah. as well how you've progressed over time. Um. So what have you got coming up with? regards to the label and 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 you as an artist have you got any any track signed to labels that's coming out or you know what since i've set the label up i've not even sent a single demo out right and i'm not that I, i'm scared of rejection or fear rejection anyway shape or form i just got bored of people yeah. not replying it's it's the fear of not getting anyone getting back to you that's, that's another it's, that's it's just so it's frustrating yeah. so since i've had the label i've um i've just not bothered sending any demos. I mean, I've, mm -hmm. I've, I've got a couple of tracks ready to go there, which I'm going to send to Clubheads again because I had one out on uh, Woos, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna, I've got a couple of tracks there ready for him. Yeah. Um, I've done some good remixes, though, some good Rob Kane remixes. I've just recently remixed uh, Force and Styles, Follow Me. Right. Officially as well. Oh, wow. Uh, but I, they, again, I don't know. They, it was all through Ian Redmond. Ian Redmond's my best mate, isn't it? Yeah. It was all through him and... 
Ian talks in a million miles an hour and then when you try and get an answer out of him you never find out what the fucking answer is so he, it's all been done through him so whether or not they like it or they fucking hate it who fucking knows but oh, yeah, it's yeah. 170 BPM hardcore tune and I've made it 132 so I can't imagine how it sounds but I'll yeah, show you yeah, it in yeah, a minute yeah, I'll show yeah, you when we're off pod yeah. uh, I've been told not to play it out yet until they've, they've okayed it but yeah. um, I've been playing at the bar and it gets a decent reaction so interesting uh, that, that is genuinely uh, you don't hear of it sort of work on the other way really unless it's yeah. a big commercial tune that, that that speed but even still I just can't imagine how the elements would work together do you know what I mean it made it, I've, <laughs> I've made it mad you know it's it's just not how you think it would sound at yeah. all it's bizarre I'm, I'm dead happy with it it's dead the most one of the most basic tunes I've made mm. Um. so but yeah like, I mean and I've done a couple of other remixes as well there's stuff to just just waiting for people to go go where we'll release it or not so, yeah um, how do you find that sort of, as a label owner, take the take the producer and the the Rob King the DJ out of it. How do you find looking for 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 music for the label? Like, um, yeah. are people sending you stuff, or yeah, are, yeah. are you are you actively looking out for people as well? Well, like, I I mean I'm always I I I, I always get young DJs and producers following me on um, on Instagram and Facebook and stuff, mm. and I sometimes I follow them back and you know when they post up clips on the thing I've just finished this tune I'll go fucking oh that's alright and I'll message them and go I'll put that out for you mm -hmm. it's, for me it's that simple I like if I like it I'll go I'll put it out just uh, speaking to um, Pokio FX mm -hmm. Wayne uh, I've seen that tune that you commented on yeah I'm going to put that out for him because he sent me a couple of others as well yeah. so like literally it's a case of seeing online like it mm -hmm. ask inquire yeah. Uh, very rare that someone doesn't. Go, someone goes, "Oh no, I'm um, I'm going somewhere else with it. I want to do this with it. Or I want it this. Uh, that's not the avenue for me." Mm. Most people, most time people go, "Go on, yeah, sounds." You know, they're quite happy to just release with me. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to say something that might be a bit controversial in regards to 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 win. Um, I really, I really rate the guy. By the way, I think he's phenomenally underrated with the style he does. He's he's one of a kind in that strange odd style that he does do his music is adhd and yeah yeah it's adhd donk that's yeah what it is. He, he's fucking insane he, have you met him in person as well yeah yeah, yeah. he's fucking mental <laughs> I love him. yeah yeah <laughs> i haven't seen him in years but um my thing what i was going to say was i think back when you were knocking the, the the bounce stuff out i think you put him over big time and saying like by playing his stuff and this guy's good and and him remix he, i think he remixed one of your tunes didn't he yeah. uh Oh, you, remi you remixed, sorry, his Bongo special. Yeah, I think it was, that's yeah. right, I did, yeah. That was, I think it was on Sopranos, wasn't it? Yeah. So, I think you give him the rub a bit, and a lot of people got behind him, and I think since you've left, no, nothing against the guy either, um, I feel like he's, his music's got much, much better. Oh, mate, 100%. 100%, but, 100 yeah, much, yeah. much better. But the people, I don't think people are backing him as much, and I feel like they should be. Do you know what I mean? I think the problem, Wayne's problem, is he doesn't finish music off enough, and he doesn't send it out. To, uh, doesn't send it out enough. Yeah. I know some people do play it, but as we said before, music's so throwaway. So, you know what? If he might hear it on a on a, a Nicky B mix one week, when yeah. never hear it ever again. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I was, I was, I, he did this. Um, this remix of this Polish track. Time for Vixer. Oh my Fucking God. unbelievable. Eh? I played that all yeah. over the world, mate. You know, yeah. everywhere I played that. It gets every, weird though, eh? It gets really weird. Everywhere <laughs> I played that. It's yeah. such a great tune. Yeah. Um, 
and I love, I still I listen, I've listened to it recently. I was I put one of my old mixes on the other day and it come on. I was like, oh fucking hell, this is an absolute fucking power tune. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've hammered it. I think he done two versions. He done like the original. He done like an extended one, and obviously the extended one, he it goes into the depth of weirdness because it goes like this riff into this riff into this, and it's like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Piece of this fucking metal. I'm yeah. sure he just gets a piano roll and just does that. <laughs> yeah, notes. but it sounds good. Like yeah. whatever he's doing. But yeah, honestly, I think since you've left, I, I don't think. I think he had a good bit of hype about him, and I really—I'm not trying to sound negative, but but you supporting his stuff really did put it put him on the map. I think. Do you think? Yeah, I do. I, I genuinely no, do. I, I first heard Wayne's stuff um, where I think who was playing it before. I think it might have been Fitness Fleming or someone. You know. Yeah. I can't. I, I I'd heard someone else play his bits, and I go, "What the fuck's that?" Going on, that's pokey facts. Sound, who is he? And he goes, He's a scouser, is he a scouser? He is a scouser, and he was I think he's originally and he's moved away, but yeah, yeah, yeah I think he's a scouser. Yeah, he's, he's in fact, he's telling me a scouser. I spoke to him, um, yeah, and he was, I went, Oh, was he? Yeah, and I realized he had him on fucking MSN or whatever. Mm. <laughs> I might be after that, like, but I had him on Facebook and he sent me loads of stuff over when I asked him, yeah. So, um, but I did other people play it first, um, but I, I mean, I think his tunes were more kind of. Initially, they were more like donk donk, weren't they? They were like Spanish donk mm. type style. Yeah. Because uh, I know Javi Bass was playing some of his bits as well, wasn't he? Right, yeah. But then he went into this like sort of he slowed it slowed it down, and and this was I think for me when he was he was really starting to come come out of of who he was as a producer, where it was like it was slower, it was more pumping, and you, the melodies made more sense in the context of the BPM and and everything like that. Yeah. And I think that's where maybe you've picked up. You think he's done 132 BPM? And it sounds amazing. Sick. Yeah, sounds so amazing. Um, was do you think that's something you could get away with playing in town? Oh mate, yeah, I do. Oh yeah, I was done it last night. I was to play last night. Uh, I played a Kimmich thing. Have you heard of Kimmich? Yeah, yeah, Kimmich. Yeah, um, Kimmich. Liverpool. It was from Liverpool. Kimmich, isn't he? Are they, are they from Liverpool? I think they? so. Possibly. Played a Kimmich thing last night. I'm not being rude, mate. I'm just getting the questions up. <laughs> oh mate, yeah, I played right. a Kimmich thing last night. So I, 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 it was, it, I think it's 140 BPM. I was slowed it down to 132, and then I played a couple of Rob Kane bits as well. How did it go off? Oh, all right. Yeah, sound. But the thing is, though, in the after hours, I build it up to a, a it's a crescendo for me. Yeah. So it's going somewhere. We start off with disco, and we go into funky house. Yeah, and then we go into house. Yeah, and then we go into the like, tougher stuff. Tougher yeah. stuff. Oh, tech, tech house and techno. I love it. Eventually, I love at the end. I can sometimes I'll play fucking Scouse House classics, you know, if I'm really fucked up. <laughs> I'll play lock, lock and load, blow your mind, some other class. stuff. But, but most of the time it ends and it ends with a, a pump, you know. Class, absolutely class. Uh, I love, I love the fact of I, I like the journey. That, that, I do, I, and I think not enough DJs do that. I think I, I, I always put myself I mean sometimes this translates really well, sometimes it doesn't, but I always put myself in the mindset of if I was on that dance floor right now, and I come in at the beginning, and I had a, as a tablet when I came in, and I was coming up. You know, how would I want this to progress? And yeah. where would I, you know, and I by the end of the night, where would I want it to be if mm. I was off my cake on the yeah. dance floor, having a good time and having a drink and a dance with my mates? You know, what would I want it to do? And that's where it, that's where it goes. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I've I've been. I don't I don't take drugs, and I never really have. Um, and I, I've. 
been at bounce nights where the, the night's kicked off at 150 BPM and it's yeah, finished. Stupid. Yeah. And at the end of the night, I've seen people off the nut right and they've just been like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. Like, like it, because that because they've been going 150 BPM the whole night. Uh, you know what? As well, if you yeah, think about it, slow starts slower. People are grooving and dancing by the bar, buying a baby, yeah. chatting to birds, chatting to the mates. Gets a little bit faster. People start making their way to the dance floor, having a bit. Of... By the end of the night, it should be faster. Yeah, people are having a fucking go. Mm. But if you start off at 150 BPM, and you've got six hours of 150 BPM, what's keeping them in the fucking club? Yeah. What you know, if they, if they start going as hard as they do at the beginning of the night, than they do at the end of the night. They've, they've all gone home by two o'clock. Yeah, they're all, they're I can understand that. See, I've I've tried to to experiment with stuff. Uh, I started. I was doing a lot of warm ups uh, a few years back, and I was playing say like say like a lot of like uh, digital mafia stuff. Uh, Boss. Class, really good. Like and and slicing bread. Uh, slicing bread's class. Oh, yeah. class it's lovely, class, isn't it? Lovely. It's just these bass lines. Like they translate well to to a bounce dance it's floor. Really warm and full, Andy. But the my problem was that it wasn't translating as well as, as as I hoped because people were just there and they're like, I want this. I want, I've came to this night for this. And it's like, right, here we go. So I'll fucking have to sp speed it up a little bit. And for like, or an MC will jump on and it's like, you've got you've got to speed it up because they're like, what, what what's this? Yeah. And it's like, it's not what's this, it's good. People are like, you've got a, a dance floor, people on the dance floor, people are dancing, but they, they, they want to go straight to the fucking, it's like sex, right? But straight to the fucking blowing your load. Like, like that's the literally yeah, the I, mean, is. I did um, I think it was last time I was a pumper land in the in, in UK UK pumper land and mm -hmm. I did the warm up in Burnley. I think it might have been Burnley. Mm -hmm. And I started with a load of like I started off 130 BPM. Yeah. And I was just playing like slow pumping grooves. Mm -hmm. And after five minutes of the doors being open some bird just runs over to the DJ box and goes to MCB tell him to put the fucking donk on now <laughs> I was like you fucking wally are you wally obviously you've never been to a Pumperland event in fucking Poland because yeah. the first three hours are fucking EDM you know a house and EDM yeah. and then the, then the club base come on at fucking 12 o'clock so this the, is how we build it you know the good thing about what I obviously listening to the the, the the mixes and stuff like that, like live recordings and stuff. One thing that always seemed appealing to me was the BPM they played at. They were always like 140. Yeah. It's like they're playing the tunes. like, And even other DJs who was maybe, uh, I don't know, someone like Gary um, or um, Sonic Mine or Kenty or someone like that, them, they're go them going on and they are slowing the tunes down to, to, to suit. And to me, it was like, this is good. This is very good, in fact. like, yeah. uh, And you, I think you're... you're style fitted perfect for what it was i've watched back that video that you did um i think you're on for about like it's like a 30 minute recording do you know what oh, i'm talking from, about yeah from, oh, mate, yeah that was the one where i turned up the super club it's the fucking best club i've ever been in it's amazing I mean, isn't and it? they never had any monitors in the dj box <laughs> yeah yeah and i was like i can't fucking mix but your your style there was so very fitting did, for the did, speed i think i played hard style there didn't i as well you did play some of the hard style yeah, yeah. yeah. but that's what that, that's the like that's the like but the the speed for me was just very much like i can get behind this like like for a while the music slowed down a little bit with like i noticed um your stuff obviously was at that speed but like i noticed some of the bumping gear was sort of like getting slowed down obviously because they wanted the tune the producers wanted the tunes played at pumpingland 
it's like, yeah, and then all of a sudden it got fast and shit again, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, there's definitely a market there for it. It's just finding the niche. Like if I'm booked for a night and it's it's your typical donk night and I turn up and I do a place, as I say, maybe something a bit alternative, it doesn't translate well. Obviously, it's not the right market for it, so you have to stick to the donk and you have to stick to the to, to what they know, unfortunately, but it is what it is, isn't it? We're going to do some questions, if that's all right. Of course. Um, so we've got uh, questions from the last guest, uh, if that's okay. It's, it's a new feature I'm doing, so every guest who goes on gets to ask the next, next person. So it's from Phil Goodall, who was on last week, and his question is, where and what do you think you'll be doing in 10 years' time? Where do I think I'll be in 10 years' time? Yeah. Um, I was having this conversation with my apprentice last night. Uh, I think I've got about 10 years left in my ears before I'll be deaf. Okay. Bad. Uh, so, uh, unless something comes along where they can fucking fix broken eardrums, um, ten years from now I'll be retired from DJing. I think. Think so. Um, Who's your apprentice, by the way? Uh, he's a lad called Harry Mannion. He's just a local kid. Good, right. good, 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 good lads. Dead reliable. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know what? Like uh, over the years, I've had lots of like understudies come mm. through. Some of them gone on to do really fucking well. Uh, others have just disappeared. You know, and done mm -hmm. their own thing. Um, I like to just get them to a level where they can go away and do their own fucking thing, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, he's just a local lad. He's uh, uh, he, he he comes in, he, he turns up every week, and he, he tries hard, and like he 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 does it, plays a couple of hours while I go and do other gigs and stuff, and gets mm. paid, and uh, you know, and that's it. Excellent. Uh, so I, yeah, I was saying to him last night, I was I was saying, uh, um, I probably got ten years left in me, in me years before I'm too fucked to play out regularly every week. I can still probably do gigs, but mm -hmm. the, the the regular thing. So. Me and my wife were talking about setting up some kind of business, um, doing like events management, DJ agency. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, You've got a lot of connections for it, man. Oh, oh mate, yeah. Uh, all, all that type of stuff, like a combined thing. Yeah. Um, like, because she doesn't want to work in a, in a nine to five, and I won't work for anyone ever again. <laughs> so. Um, we want to I said we'll work together and do some stuff because she's fucking great and she's dead organised and all that anyway so we'll do something like that probably set something like that up come inside the label with it a load of other things so mm. that, that's what the that's what the aim is um, putting it all into places different fuckers different story <laughs> but, yeah but yeah that, that's that in, in 10 years time hopefully hopefully it won't be retired and they'll have fucking fixed my eardrums and I'll be sad yeah. but I don't doubt it very much doubtful in it Mm. Um, I've got a problem with my left ear I, I've had it since I was a kid um, but um, I went to <clears throat> I went to Florida with my missus and my kid back in January and I jumped in the water uh, into the pool and as I got out I just sort of like fucking just completely like knocked my balance and that oh, what the fuck's going on here and I thought like I've got just water in me yeah. yeah and like everything around me was spinning like mad and it was weird and ever since I've had this problem with my ear um I tried to sort it out in the NHS, but the weight, the weight list absolutely for ear, nose, and throat is absolutely unbelievable. Oh yeah. So I've done the most horrible Tory thing imaginable, and I've went private, and I've, I'm paying for it now. And and to be honest with you, I'm getting a lot of aggro with it. Like, obviously, producing music's a big part of it all, and yeah. sometimes like I can wake up and the hearing's completely gone. It's but I've got a basically there's something in my ear that's like. I'll show you pictures discussing off. I'll show oh, you off plug, but, <laughs> but it's inside my ear and basically it's like it's uh, a damaged eardrum, but it's 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 swollen 
so that's why sometimes it's better than others so if it, if, I, if i do something to inflame it or out like that it's it's just open it's like open wounds it's, it's constantly just, infected and all that yeah it, but it's not it's not technically any infection they said because when they were showing me it's like there's no infection or of uh, in any sort it's just inflaming up when you're doing certain things so um at work i was leaning over trying to fit something underneath like a, a gap in the floor and as I, when i was upside down i got fucking dizzy i got up and obviously my hearing just completely went in this ear and i was just like oh, what the fuck's going on like it started to become just a hindrance yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't suffer with any tinnitus or out like that um i don't anymore but yeah. it all becomes background noise for me. yeah 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 that's what i mean uh, uh. but you know i i, so I went to i went for a hearing test about six years ago yeah and um I, when I, was, I, was, I didn't go for a hearing test actually. I went to get my ears syringed, mm -hmm. and I went to went into the 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 ear specialist around the corner, mm -hmm. and uh, I had a look at my ears, and he went, "You've got no wax." And I was thinking to myself, "I've obviously got a block up here. I can't hear properly. Everything sounds muffled." Mm -hmm. I was thinking he was going to go get a, get a syringe out and just jet a fucking big clump, a big fucking snail snail out of my ear, and. Um, yeah, he went, yeah, Mr. Kane, your ears are, ears are really clean. In fact, they're some of the cleanest ears I've ever seen. I went, so why can't I hear then? He went, I don't know. Should we have a little test? And I said, yeah. So when it's that room and he put the headphones on you yeah, and he goes, tell me when you can hear the noise. And I was going, okay. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I could hear the first fucking six. Yeah. And I was like, I can't hear the noise. There's no noise. Can you hear that? No. Can you hear that? No. Can you hear that? And he he went yeah he went you you sixty percent F in one ear forty percent F in the other he said you and like I was going well that makes sense because I can't I I, I struggle to hear um, top end frequencies in this ear mm. and then I've got no bottom end in this fucking ear so I've got no 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 top and mid like and I think a little bit of mid and I could just hear a fucking boom 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 bass in the ear and then, um. And it's through years of just listening to shit sound systems, yeah. like and and it's abusing them isn't that monitor it is, yeah. speakers. Honestly, right, uh, every club should invest in good monitors because, but they don't. Mm -hmm. They just get some fucking shit out PV fucking like stack that they've had. Someone's been twatting the fucking guitar through for fucking thirty years, and they just go sling it on a DJ box. DJs don't care. Yeah, fucking not in any way. They don't even use them though. <laughs> People who put these fucking they, 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 like sound systems, and they don't give a shit. They just give you shite, shite stuff. Some of the worst fucking sound systems ever. I've been in the DJ box that mm. I haven't worked in. I don't know what was recently. I was in. It was in Pure, and the fucking monitors in Pure are dog shit. Absolute mm. fucking dog shit. What what what's bad about them? I've I've never played they, there to be honest. Couldn't fucking hear them for one. They were fucking mm. farting for two, and then when you did manage to turn them up, it was uh, they were just they were screaming. There was like no, tinny or yeah, okay. but the sound system was so fucking loud. You have to turn them up to be able to hear what you're doing. But you're just screaming at you. It was just like ah. Are they close by? Uh, yeah. Probably fucking two foot away from you or something. Wow, and I haven't turned them that much as well. Mate, yeah. they are bad, honestly, really bad. They need to sort that shit out. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I count on using a monitor. I mix old school, so I have one, one headphone on listening mm -hmm. to what's what I'm queuing up. I only have one slack track select on me, on me queue on me mixer, and then the other ear is listening to what the sound system is doing through the monitor. Mm -hmm. So if I don't have a monitor and there's a fucking big delay, I can't mix. 
yeah, so, yeah understandable I, I, it's important for me that these things are, are fucking right I mean the, the ones we've got in order it, it is like it's probably fucking 20 years old uh, and that's a piece of shit as well and I'm using it for, I'm using it 30 fucking hours a week so yeah. no wonder I'm fucking deaf well there's a new feature on the podcast that I've introduced about three or four episodes ago and it is my, this was the answer to mine it was monitors in a DJ booth and the question is what's one thing that's a pet peeve in the music industry you can't have you can't have the monitor oh, one, I'm afraid. Fuck off, Brad. <laughs> um, pet a peeve in the music yeah. industry. Like just one thing that's so, so you, you... all right. Something something I've already brought up. Yeah, I want to go with um, uh, ignorant record label responses. <laughs> Excellent gonna, answer. That's going to be mine. Record Excellent. labels are not getting back to you, even if they just tell you your music shit and so fuck off. I'd rather mm-hmm. have that than have nothing. Yeah. And I know that some of these labels are really fucking busy. I get that. Really, yeah. really busy. But it all it takes is a, an email just saying no. Yeah. Do you know do you find though now that you do the house music, you're in a much, much bigger pond. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like and I, and I know that like after demos don't get listened to. Yeah, yeah. Um and, and like you can't expect every record label to listen to every tune and respond every single time. Well, I don't. I don't know. Before I set, just before I set Mama's Milk up, I had I'd done that track Hands, which was our first release, mm-hmm. and um, I thought this has really got legs. This and I must have sent out sixty or seventy emails to record labels, and I got, I think I got ten responses, and obviously they were all they were all no's, but varying levels of response, and then the rest of them just ignored you. Yeah. Yeah. Are you telling me then that, that out of like 60 or 70 emails, only 10 people listen to me? That yeah. doesn't sound probable to me. Well, uh, when I was I was listening to a, a, another podcast and it was um, it was an A&R manager for, oh, I don't want to get myself in trouble by saying it to somebody else, but I think it was like a defected or tool room or something like that. They get like, say, 200 demos a week, for instance, and the the only listen to, I'll get the chance to listen to like 15. So they might, they might just pick 15 out of there to listen to. And then that's that's why you'll get a response saying this not this time or or they'll take the tune. So out of that fifteen, they might only take two. Do you know what I mean? So if you if you're putting out if there's two hundred submissions and you're only taking two out of the two hundred, you've got one in. You're telling me they can't listen to thirty tracks a day. Well, uh, I, I'm like, remember which label I, it was. I, I get sent two hundred promos a fucking week. Yeah. Like, and, and I'll tell you what, I listen to every single fucking one of them, mate. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, oh, sorry, well, you know, your, your DJ promo lists and all mm-hmm. that. Like, I listen to every single one because how the fuck are you going to know what you're going to play if you don't listen to any new music? Yeah, exactly. Just, so, like, to, 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 to suggest that they, they're getting two hundred a week is too many for them to fucking sort out is. <laughs> Like, it is honestly just pure bone idle laziness. Yeah, I can't remember what it what, what label it was. I feel like it was one of them too, and I, I've top made it. I'll have, I'll have a look on YouTube afterwards, but I watched this thing and I was just like in awe of like, so even if you've got an absolute banger, you've you've only got like a one, like as I say, a one in hundred chance of actually getting it signed. Mike Descala, um when he made co- when they made Cola, defected, rejected it twice before they signed it. He rejected it yeah. twice. Yeah, not for us, that. Oh, and, uh, wow. It's the biggest ever selling track on Beatport. Well, it speaks volumes, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? You know, and he rejected it twice beforehand. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, mad, isn't it? Mad, mad. Yeah. Um, so, on the on the opposite side of that, what's one thing that makes you, that gives you greater satisfaction in the industry? Where you just like, you might... <sighs> for example... Um, turn up to a gig and they've they've got a fucking a monitor there. It sounds class. I mean, clear, obviously, I like, I, I'm a I'm a 
I'm a I'm a big one for for all the DJ gear makes so like three CDJ three thousands a fucking you know nine hundred mixer big monitors mm. fucking sort of sub underneath the DJ box so you can feel the monitors as well mm-hmm. uh, effects rack and all I love all that shit but best satisfaction thing is I think when you know when you play the boss set and it's the end of the night and the lights come on and everyone just go one more tune class one more. you know you've took them there and they've got and they don't want it to end and yeah. you get that opportunity to play that one more tune yeah. they want to make their night last forever and it goes off yeah like you've never seen before that's yeah. the best satisfaction I can, I can go with gear music gear and fucking setups all fucking all the time but mm-hmm. that's the best that's the best if you're not if you're not anthem bashing right and and they do the one more tune thing do you get do you get an anxiety of oh, this needs to be this needs Mate, to be no I, last time I'd done it I was, we were in I was in order and I can't remember must, must be about a year ago now um, and it was on this like this random Sunday and I don't know where everyone had been because town was fucking shit and then we just we were locked we were locked out completely locked out I was like mm-hmm. where the fuck are all these people coming from and they were all going for it you know one of those ones where you realise all right, this is a fucking good crowd here. Hmm. Um, and I just started... I Normally, I, I, I gradually picked the pace up. I got, got started picking the pace up quite quick. And in the end, people were just going fucking ape shit. Uh, and the lights come on at like fucking quarter, at six o'clock. And normally, we just turn the lights on. And the door will come and go, out! And everyone fucks off out. Yeah. On this particular night, everyone's got screaming and whistling and all this. Oh, Martin. And I was just looking at the fucking manager going, what do you want me to do? <laughs> she went, play one more. And I was like, all right, Sam, just fucking whip, whip the tune on. Can what it was off to be I can't remember what it was. Whip this tune on. Uh, everyone went fucking ape shit again. And then I finished, and they went, what about you? Yeah. And I was going, what do you want me to do? And by this point, it's like 10 past six or something. I went, what do you want me to do? And she went, play one more. <laughs> <laughs> so I played this fucking like mad tribal house uh, mm. track. I can't remember, but it's by, it's got like these fucking, it's like fucking tribal drums in it. It's fucking amazing. I can't remember it's by, but like I played it. Because I was trying to find something quick, and I just selected it and just pressed play straight away. And I didn't realise that the pitch was right the way all the way down on the other deck. So when it started playing, it was 134 BPM. So everyone dum dum dum. Everyone's mm. went fuck off. Mm. Went fucking bananas again. And then I thought, all right, I've fucking got this here. So I just put the master tempo on and started speeding it up even more and even mm. more. And in the end, it was like this tribal house tune getting played at 148 BPM <laughs> and the fucking roof roof come completely off. Class. That's I mean, right. it was one of the lads went to me, me, me previous fucking apprentice. He went to me like, what the fuck was that tune? And I went, oh, I don't know, just some fucking random tribal. I was thinking, well, fucking, is it meant to be that fast? Like, nah. <laughs> it just fucking sped it up. It's like, wow. Joe, it's amazing about this, though. You might have made someone's, like, like, like in years to come by. Remember that night we were in Aura and it was fucking six in the morning and they played that mad tribal tune. I found it. And the, oh, like, yeah, 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 the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, like, that could be, like, do you know what I mean? Like that—that's how yeah, tunes yeah. are made, like yeah, in yeah. them moments. Yeah. And I think it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's mental, but yeah. Uh, what, a, what a good story that was off that question. <laughs> uh, we're going to do some throwback attack as well. So you've—you've you've listened to it before, haven't you? The, I think so. Yeah. No, okay. no, run me through it. Take so one. I just need you to answer the question as quick as you can. First thing that comes to your head. Oh, no okay. thinking about it. No like sitting on it or like that. Just first song that comes to your head. So this is Throwback Attack with Rob Kane. Let's do this. What song do you think of when you think back to primary school? Oh, mate, I don't know. I, I, I can't even think of primary school. 
I wasn't into music when I was that young. Me I not. hated it, nah. What about your parents or like that? Is it no, no uh, Oh, fucking... Mm. Uh, f- a UB40 Red Red Wine. <laughs> Is that what it was? Not a bad tune either, to be honest. I like that. Um, what song do you think of when you think of Secondary School? Uh, the Prodigy Out of Space. Class tune as well. Why did I, I knew you were going to say that for some reason? I don't know why. Yeah, uh, it, was the, it was one of the, the tune that was the turning point in me in <laughs> life. That yeah. Uh, what song do you think of when you think uh, to getting your first set of decks? G A P S Project Lover. I think. Oh no, no, hold on, hold on, no, no, no. Oh yeah, we've already said it. Yeah, I was going to say it was DJ DJ Supreme, fucking uh, the Wild Style. Oh, Wild Style. It's great. It's a great tune as well. But um, is there any reason in particular why you thought of that when I said that? I was just I was just thinking about when I first got me Technics, mm. uh, not my first set of decks. Me first, when I got me Technics, it was the week that that JPS lover come out. Uh, you know, right. the, the lover over there, uh, Paul Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was the week. That was the week I got me Technics. Then excellent. But uh, my first set of decks was a set of shitheads, so it was like fucking <laughs> doesn't count. Before, like. Doesn't count. Uh, no, we know the butter story. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they were they were my decks. They were yeah. Bedman's decks. Yeah, then, the butter, yeah. butter decks. Um, what song do you think of when you think back to your first days of going out? Uh, it must have been 1996 or 97 so I'm going to go with uh, Armin Van Helden's remix of Professional Widow and where does that take you back to? Uh, the George in Crosby so we've got this pub in Crosby mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's an old man's boozer now you go in there there's fellas resting on a bar drinking stout but years ago it was it was like a, the gaff mm-hmm. in, in Crosby so during like the 90s when all the the ecstasy generation was a big thing Um it was open Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday and then we'd have like live DJs on. So we had like had a local uh, brother, br- brothers called uh, Mark and Steve McGee. Mm-hmm. Steve McGee was a really big DJ in Liverpool in, in the city centre. His brother Mark was also a DJ around Bootle and Crosby. Mm-hmm. So they would be on or there'd be other DJs on and like they used to play like all club music, house music and stuff, all stuff that was big in Liverpool and it was an absolute it was bedlam it was bedlam Class. so you go on a Thursday night and people wouldn't be drinking pints everyone was smoking and all that and doing drugs like openly and dancing on the pool tables <laughs> it was honestly wild like yeah. and I, I, I I was 15 or something when I, when I first went in there I was like what the fuck is this I love it well, I, I, I love amazing. that yeah. amazing love fun memories to look back on isn't it um, what song do you think of when you think back to your golden era my golden era for me is the height of my uh my my rise to fame i think so i'd probably just say i'd probably say uh yeah i'm gonna go with jojo's tribute i think yeah, yeah. Good, good choice, good choice. Control. yeah and what's your karaoke song i don't do karaoke mate i fucking loathe it i loathe mm. it we, we the, the the lads who own our place, the the also in a karaoke bar over the streets, yeah. and I won't step foot in there. Because <laughs> if someone's knocking out of tune and it's out of, out of key and out of time, it honestly I've got to go. Oh, yeah. oh, I can't act it. It makes me want to run away. So <laughs> I don't. I don't have one. I, tequila. Tequila. <laughs> oh for God. <laughs> no, but I imagine if you've had a drink and that and your missus got you up doing karaoke, you'd give it a go, I right? I wouldn't. No. No. I will walk away from any karaoke bar, mate. <laughs> well, we went I went when I was working for modes, we went on a works too and they were like, Come on the karaoke room and I went, I'd rather sit out here on this pool table on my fucking own and play pool really badly than go in there and listen to you. <laughs> I can't it, Brad. Class. It, I, I I don't I get it. I think it don't know if it's the autism in me, like the um I get I get 
when people start singing really badly, I just need to leave. Yeah. I get feel dead embarrassed, not just for them, but for me as well, for mm-hmm. listening to it. Ah, uh, like passive, like embarrassment. All tense. I start feeling weird. Yeah. But then again, you might go into a karaoke bar and you might find your next vocalist. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They might, they might be yeah, decent. possibly, but I fucking doubt it. Yeah, I don't know. They're all wrecked. <laughs> yeah, good, vo- good vocalists usually busking on street corners, right? They don't go to karaoke bars. Yeah, so they don't, I suppose, yeah. Uh, and next one, we're going to be doing Flopper Bop. Did we do that last time you were no, on? No, I've not done Flopper Bop. Yeah. Uh, so, there's a bit of a variation um, in this one. Obviously, I know you've, you've over the years, you've played all different styles of music, so we're just going to go straight into this, so it's all right. Yeah. This is Flopper Bop with Rob Kane. Let's do this. Milk Ink, Walk on Water. Oh, uh, Bop. Is it Bop for well, you? Yeah, 100%, okay. mate, I love it. It's my okay. favourite milking tune. Is it? Yeah. yeah. It's a great tune, to be honest. Great vocal. Uh, Trevor and Simon, hands up. Uh, bop. Bop? Yeah, okay. Bop. DJ uh, Jean Mix. Oh, is, that, is that the mix you go for? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, th- I think I prefer the original. The the, the, the DJ Jean remix is a bit... Um, t- t- it's not really for me. I got more... It wasn't as pumping, I don't thought. Yeah, I didn't DJ think. Jean Mix yeah. Yeah. Um, Substance Records it was, wasn't it? I can't remember off the top of my head. Substance records. Um, Goriella. Goriella. No, uh, flop. Flop. So yeah. not, not cut it for you, no. No, I just, I was never a fan of, of, of the Goriella stuff. I didn't really like System F out of the blue either. Ferry Corsten's like direction for me. I, I preferred him when he was making stuff like Alternative, which was uh, on Blue Records. Yeah. You know, like that h- handbag type. Oh, uh, yeah, like quite that. stumpy, wasn't and, it? Yeah, and, and obviously I liked System F Cry, uh, but... I was never really into the Goriella stuff. Mm. It was just a little bit like, I felt like nothingness. Okay. Uh, I know you're the... going to completely disagree. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Out of the Blues, one of the best tunes I've ever made in my I opinion. I feel like it was, it was really overplayed. Yeah, really yeah. Really overplayed. And I was, I was always a big advocate of everyone else is, everyone's playing this. I don't want to play it. This is why I never played fucking my own tunes sometimes. Because yeah. Because would be playing them, so... Yeah, and it's the same with that. I just everyone played it. I just thought, nah, fuck it. Um, Still got it, like <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, this one was mentioned on last week's podcast, um, and I just think I'd love to know your opinion on it. Purple Disco Machine dished Mill Stripper. Uh, it's a bop, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely a bop. Um, I I've played it a fucking lot. If I'm honest, have you? Yeah, a right, lot. Okay. I played it a lot of times. Um, for, honestly, when I when I, I was making I, the list, I, I think it's a little bit long. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit dra- it's a bit too dra- dragged out. That second breakdown's like three minutes long or something mental. Mm. Uh, it's a little bit long, but it it definitely does work. It's definitely a bop. Like yeah, yeah. I, I, put an acapella over it. When I when I made the list up, I was like. I'm gonna mention this one. I purposely put it in because I genuinely thought it was one of them. You'd be go, you'd be like, I didn't think you like it. Just because it's a bit, it's not something I can imagine you playing. But if you've I'm hammered it, yeah, you know. that one, yeah. Class tune. I, I love it. By the way, it's a massive bop. Uh, and the last one for today is uh, Ahmed Van Helden. Uh, I want your soul. Oh, it's a bop. That's yeah. a bop, yeah, one hundred percent, yeah. Class, I lo- I agree with you. By bop. the way, they were all bops for me today. By the way, if I didn't say, maybe, anything. yeah, yeah. Um, it's not. Often... Didn't throw me a fucking mad curveball there. I was half expecting you to fucking throw no. in a Barbie, a Barbie girl or something. No, I'm not that. I'm not that bad. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's just simply because I wanted to. I wanted. So I think three of them were suggestions, and two of them might were my own. And I, I, I genuinely wanted to know because I've never heard you play them. Um, what you what you thought of them and, and I think my choices were the Purple Disco Machine and 
um, the Gorilla, and yeah. obviously got mixed reaction on, off, off both of them. Um, just because, for me, like they're massive, massive tunes, in my opinion, and but the ones where I could see you probably dislike on both of them, and obviously I was right on one of them, but obviously yeah. I didn't. So yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, is there anything you want to plug before we finish up today? Absolutely, fuck all. <laughs> uh, have you got? I've got what gigs. Have you got coming up other than your residencies? Oh, God, I don't even know, Brad. You know, I don't even keep my diary in my head anymore. I write. I have to write it down because I just, <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. Have you got anything on the bounce horizon? Then? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, oh, shit, I've got. A gig for ADF and Paula Waitch at uh, the end of next month in Williamson Tunnels. Doing my mate Alan a favour. Yeah. You made Paul a favour and just playing for them. Then we've got the Pleasure Rooms reunion, uh, which is at the Olympia. Which Have you been to the Olympia? No, I know where it's at though. But oh yeah, yeah. my God, what a fucking venue that I've is. I've seen a couple of videos oh, and stuff like that. i tell you what, when that's full, yeah. fucking amazing. Um, and then I've got a few others. I'm sure I'm doing some stuff. I'm doing something for Yanis. Uh, and then I've got, I've got, you know what, I've got stuff booked in the diary. And then I'm doing regular, like regularly back down Matthew Street again now. So I could play once a month for uh, Reminis, Matthew Street, the bar, old school bar. Yeah. And once a month for our bar as well, which is like house, commercial house. Yeah. Uh, and then just me, me weekly stuff. Um, Zen every Saturday, mm -hmm. and or a Thursday to Zen's a, Zen's a cool bar, isn't it? It's very, oh, very it's beautiful. Yeah, 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 stunning, stunning. I play back to back with a lad there called Josh Miller. Yeah, and he's a really, really good DJ as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, that's every Saturday. Um, st I'm not at fifty four at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm meant to be going back soon. Don't know when. Mm -hmm. Uh, but something I need to discuss with them. Uh. And then I just like loads of little events and stuff like that popping up here and there, and I can't, I can't remember anymore. I write <laughs> stuff down. I have to have a diary, otherwise I, I, I tell you, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, the only other thing I've got to to, to, to plug is the uh, Mama's Milk socials. So uh, Mama's at Mama's Milk Recordings on Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, Mama's Milk Recordings on Facebook. Uh, oh, and please like and subscribe the Mama's Milk YouTube and SoundCloud pages, please, please, <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, you, you, as you as you know, mate, getting getting to that thousand followers mark, it's oh, tough. It's yeah. fucking hard graft. Yeah, you haven't to I like, like constantly. And I, 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 I don't like hassling people. Yeah. Like, like when I when I started labels, like, can you just? Or like this page and loads of people did mm -hmm. like, like the Facebook page and can you just like the Instagram loads of people did mm -hmm. and um, but I feel like cheeky just can't say can you do me a favour and I like this can you do this mm -hmm. I don't like doing it all the time because I feel that when you do call them for a favour people actually will do you a favour you know yeah, you're yeah. just asking for a favour every fucking week yeah. you suddenly got people going well, what the fuck am I getting out of it like mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah I understand um, I, I, music's a very passive thing you could like there's that your casual listeners who aren't deep into it who they'll listen to your music and your stats will go up but then they're not subscribing because they, they don't feel the need to so that's the, with the podcast at first I really really struggled to get people the engagement and I could, people were listening to it passively or so-and-so's on this week i'll give it a listen to build like a core audience is unbelievably hard like to get them to so even to subscribe or share it unbelievably hard so when it's audio as well then like as you say like with your mama's milk thing it can only be harder do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. but um 
Anything else? No. No, is that it? I uh, just want to say thank you for listening. Um, it's been my absolute pleasure having you on again, mate. It's been absolutely class. Anytime, Brad. Um, Hopefully I'll be the, the first guest that does four. <laughs> I'm hey. sorry, beat ADF here. <laughs> Good little thing Here's on. another one who goes to the opening of an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He fucking loves it, mate. Yeah, it does. All right, Alan. Do you want to do... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you haven't even asked yeah, him. Yeah, I haven't even asked you. Yeah. I'll yeah. be there, lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he rang me yesterday. He was like, I'm going for a scan when you're done with Rob today. I was like, I go then. <laughs> like, do you know He's what I mean? For food. I don't know, yeah. I haven't planned anything. He just, he, he literally just, just a phone get, call. Ask him to take you to Kasap in Liverpool. Right. What is he? Steakhouse, but it's the heaviest. <laughs> either, either that or, oh shit, where, um, where was I going to suggest? Oh no, you've been there. You've been to Ejoy. Rings a bell. Um, I believe it's, so. it's a it's a Chinese place. Obviously, you might be sick of Chinese food and all that, but mm. um, what was it's the room must for that, mate. It's amazing. I'll get this big. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, uh, we, who was it messaging me the other day? Was it? Was it Woods? I think Woods messaged me and he was in uh, the Renshaw fucking thing having food there. Oh yeah, I took him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think, I think I he said he was with you and I was just like, it, it's, it's quite good, isn't it? It's like, I'm I'm gutted that it's not local to me, that, yeah. because that sort of thing. It's boss, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice and easy as well with variation and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm got, I'm not eating until eight tonight, so um, I might just skip the thing and just have a drink while he has some tea because... Is yeah. that when you fast and ends? Eight yeah. o'clock tonight? Yeah. So I'm going to be up because... Uh, for so those who don't what are you know, doing just not eating in the day? Um, no, this is just um, because I fucked up yesterday. Um, it, uh, last night I, I ate at 8 o'clock before I went to bed and I was like, oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. I woke up feeling, feeling shit and just trying to get it because don't want to get too disgusting and stuff like that but I'm trying to make like um, my workouts every day at the same time my eating habits every day at the same time and then uh, going to the toilet every day at the same time mm. just to sort of get like a cycle going and having a fucking happy hippo and a Mars bar ice cream and um, two yogurts last night at eight o'clock wasn't the best idea yeah. when I'm trying to be dieting. Sometimes I just fall off the wagon on a oh, Friday. You know what, I'm, str I'm struggling myself. I mean, <laughs> I, I went through a stage of like, I, I mean, I, I've put the timber on again now, like, but um, I was intermittent fasting. Mm. Um, I was doing weights every day and then doing a ton of cardio um, and then just cutting it all, just cutting the fucking cutting these fuckers out and mm -hmm. diet and just drinking water yeah threw all my snacks all away just eating, eating, eating low carbs and all that just eggs fucking stunk <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and I, I was doing so well and then you feel great off it don't you and then you go out and you have a fucking night on the aisle mm. and then the next day all you want to do is just eat shit and then it just it's hard to get back on the wagon then and i haven't since so it couldn't be asked <laughs> this is this is me starting to properly i mean i think i'm on day what, what day are we on today I'm on day 47 of the gym now. I go every day. My rest day is my cardio day. So everyone says you need to rest, but to me, I just if I if I stop going, that's that's me stopping again. You know what I mean? And I won't get back on it. This is me starting back up properly since before COVID. So since since before COVID, I've tried to get back into it, do here and there, fucking no drive whatsoever, and I've just gained loads and loads of weight. Oh, you know, it's just Horrible. as easy to put it on as when you lose it. Like I mm. lost um, half a stone in a week, and then pull half a stone on in about three days it's just fucking nuts <laughs> it's great isn't it um yeah so with that being said um i'm gonna go and fast a little bit longer um probably treat myself tonight to, to something i don't know because I, I, I was doing the omad as well like one meal a day um and that's when i lost the most weight and i was out walking but you not just think you're starving 
No, because I'm not starving. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm obviously sitting there starving if I'm sitting watching Alan have a fucking steak and I'm like, oh, I could get into that. What's your but, calorie uh, in, in, intake then? 2,200 calories. Nice. So, um, and then you're still fitting that in? Um, yeah, mostly. Uh, it might, might drop to about 2,000. It doesn't go below 2,000, but I try to just... Um, higher protein, uh, less carbs, that's what I try and do. Uh, try to lay off all the fucking sugars in that as well. Like, the sugars for me was a hard one. It's just saying it's the most boring podcast ever. It is, yeah, it is, it is. I apologise. Anyways, I've said goodbye already twice, so you probably turned off anyways. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to say a nice one. And if you've enjoyed it, please share it Share it on socials because it massively, massively helps. Um, we, I, I do my bits to try and get the ads and stuff like that out, but like natural engagement where you put it in your whatsapp group saying listen have you have you heard this episode this is fucking banging this it that's the best form of like it's like word of mouth the modern day word of mouth sticking it in a whatsapp group yeah, saying yeah. this is good um same goes for tunes and like that if you hear one of his tunes and they go this is good why not share it with your mate instead of keeping it to yourself like say this is a fucking banger have a listen to this on spotify put it in your playlist yeah. bang it on at a party play it dead loud yeah get all your mates to shazam it all at the same time yeah that's it that's exactly <laughs> what it so is that'll be do that'll do me a favor mate to tell you <laughs> what them shazams them shazams count yeah i know uh, you can get the stats and that'll be now for it can't yeah. you so it is good uh and if you you've really enjoyed it and you want to you want to join the little patreon group we've got now you can sign up at patreon at patreon.com forward slash it's time to refresh uh you can sign up for as little as three pounds a month which that gets you early access and it gets you the bonus episodes which we've been doing um we had one come out uh, last month uh we're gonna try and do sort of one a month that's make something special of it uh, the next one's gonna be the halloween special um and it will be only exclusively on patreon um and as i say thanks for listening again see you later